all all of a sudden now, Parker, all of the pressure, and I mean all of the pressure, is clearly squared on on Oklahoma in this game. But let's be honest, Tyler. This is the exact same situation that they faced last year in the Women's Multiple College World times. Series. Multiple times. And they rose to the occasion. So yeah. I, I have faith that Patty Gasso and the Sooners are going to pull through. The nice thing about an environment like this in the Women's College World Series, the double elimination format, is that, guess what? You get an opportunity to lay an egg. You can only do it once, but if you just come out flat – and you just don't have it for seven innings for whatever reason, that's okay. Because you can circle back around and you can do what you failed to do that first time around and take care of business. I trust that the Sooners are going to do that. Is it? Are they rematching with UCLA? Is this how this works? Yeah, yeah. UCLA has to beat them twice today. Obviously did that once. So in uh, 13 minutes, game two is going to start. Good news here is your best pitcher right now, your ace right now, who you are going to ride to a national championship, Hope Troutwine. She's going to pitch this game. She didn't the first game, and she's fresh. She didn't pitch at all in that first game. We'll see who UCLA throws out there. Whoever they throw out there is not going to be as well-rested as Hope Troutwine. So you got an advantage there, but all that, I mean, aside, you, you, you've got to hit the ball better. You, you, you've got – and for an offense that is the best in the country this year and one of the best that we've ever seen in the game – they really struggled. So they offensively, they've got to get back on track if they if they want to come back and win this game against UCLA. Speaking sure. of offensive struggles, man, before we turn our attention to OU football and recruiting, because Lord knows we're going to have people on the text line within seconds saying, I thought this hour was football and recruit. Uh, OU baseball, very much in a similar position. Those bats have gone cold as well. They trail Florida 2-1 to one in the sixth inning of the Gainesville Regional, and that game is winner take all. So... Florida wins. They will be headed to the Super Regionals. Oklahoma comes out on top. They will be headed to the Super Regionals. Yeah, OU had a great chance. It's in the bottom of the six right now. OU had a great chance at the top of the six. They had runners on the corners with two outs. And uh, center fielder comes up for the third out and just makes an all-out, like an incredible play. So OU was very close in the top of the sixth uh, from tying this game up, but unfortunately down 2-1. to one. In the bottom of the sixth inning, of course, Florida is the home team there. Oh, you just got the third out, so to the uh, top of the seventh we go. Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. This is going to be a wild Monday show because we're going to be updating you and talking about this OU baseball game that's going on. I promise you, once this OU softball game gets rolling, we're definitely going to be talking about that. And it was Champ U Barbecue Weekend as well. So just to mix in everything in this first segment here, um, you got a new commit. Yeah, and he wasn't one that was at the Champ U Barbecue. I know. How about that? Well, he was at camp this week. Exactly. But wasn't at the Champ U Barbecue. The the first commit of the Champ U Barbecue Weekend was a guy that wasn't even – at the Champion Barbecue, four-star wide receiver Keon Brown out of Tallahassee, Florida. This was wild, Tyler, because actually I just talked to Keon Brown about an hour and a half ago. And, of course, he camped at Alabama on Saturday, picked up the Bama offer at camp, and it was a committable offer. And so when he announced, hey, I'm committing Sunday evening, everybody naturally figured, okay, well, he's going to Alabama. Yeah, sure. Right, wide receiver you. Devontae Smith, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. Think about all the outstanding wideouts that they've put in the NFL over the years. If you're a wide receiver and you're from that region and you have a committable offer to Alabama, you're probably going to Alabama, right? Well, 
Keon Coleman thought that Oklahoma was the best fit for him. And he said, you know what? I'd only known Jeff Lebby for two or three days before I showed up at camp. But the second I got there, it felt like home. So lo and behold, he commits not to Alabama, but to Oklahoma wow. yesterday evening. And the thing you like about this guy, Tyler, is the size. Six foot three, 190 pounds. Is he as good as Ashton Cozart? I don't know. But the ceiling is there. He is still very much on the rise as a recruit. He didn't have a single FBS offer until this January. So his rise has come quick. Yeah, now he's got, what, Florida State, Auburn, Miami, amongst others. So, yeah, he's really made the rise. And uh, I, I do think it's noteworthy to compare him to Ashton Cozart just in the sense of, you know, he really, I guess, got this offer because Cozart decommitted. Um, is he going to end up as high-ranked of a player? Probably not. But this is a pretty good makeup after losing the Cozart commit. And doing it so quickly after, that th this, was a, this is a good get by OU. Definitely a good get. Yeah, hey, by the way. Cole Adams OV this weekend. Oh, did he really? No, no, no. C coming this week. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought he was at Alabama yeah. this weekend. It was, it was, was not a, at the JP Barbecue, but yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All OV right. coming this weekend. Well, um, now that's significant. It really is. And maybe I'm looking too much into this, but if he was going to go to Alabama, why isn't he committed already? He was at Alabama this weekend. And if he feels so strongly about the Tide, mm -hmm. there must be something about there with Oklahoma that he's at least going to give them an official visit before he uh, before he commits elsewhere. So it's it, it's about as good of a sign as you could ask for, Parker, at this point with that with that uh, recruitment. This is going to be fun. I, I I wonder how the text line is going to react to that little tidbit right off the top here because. Uh, we're, we're increasingly falling into a very polarizing camp with Cole Adams. Nobody's really indifferent about him. Either you love that OU offered him and you really want him there, or there's that contingent that wants no part of Cole Adams. So we shall see. But yeah, Tyler, 28 official visitors this past weekend at the barbecue. Six more official visitors coming this weekend, including Norman North running back Chapman McCown. Interesting. Which was kind of out of left field. He's got two FBS offers, Air Force, Army. Doesn't have an OU offer yet, but yes, he is officially visiting this weekend. Huh. Do you think um, he has a real chance to get an offer, or could that be one of those situations where, hey, we really like you, but we don't have an offer for you. We would love for you to come in and be a preferred walk-on. Feels like a PWO type of situation yeah. to me. Uh, and I think there's a lot of parallels here to the Gavin Freeman situation. I noted that last night. The reality that, hey, look – Chapman McCown, much like Gavin Freeman, is an underrated, under-recruited, undersized in-state kid who's got a ton of speed, and he's got the service academies looking at him. He's got some G5 looks. He's got some P5 schools, including Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, looking his way as well. But he doesn't really have that big-time offer yet. So I, I am hesitant to believe that Oklahoma – offers him a scholarship at least at this point in time because they did just host Dalen Smothers and Dylan Edwards this past weekend. They're going to host Caleb Hicks this coming weekend as well. So there are a lot of options on the table right now for them at the running back position. We'll see what happens, but to me this feels more like a PWO type of thing than it does a scholarship. Yeah, and I, I've got it on pretty good authority, which I don't think you need inside sources <laughs> to know that they are going to really beef up their walk-on program. I mean, I, you I, don't I think, say. I think a couple of guys that they've got in this past recruiting class, I mean, you don't have to be all that smart to know they're going to make more of an effort for walk-ons. I think that's great, man. I, I think that that's, 
smart to go about it that way is to beef up your walk-on program and you know few of these guys if any may ever be immediate contributors but you get them in with Schmitty you get them in with the system for three years who knows Parker by the by year three year four you might have a diamond in a rough and a guy that turns out to be a really really good player for you to start or somewhere Gavin Freeman at least as far as the 2022 class is concerned might be the most capable walk-on in the entire country if there's a guy that does contribute early as a walk-on the way that Drake Stoops did, it's going to be Gavin Freeman. Yeah. So I am uh, I'm curious to see how he develops under Schmitty. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's something interesting to watch. Now the important thing to keep in mind here, Tyler, is that schools are only permitted 56 official visits per cycle. The Sooners used 28 last weekend, 29 if you count J. Bron Harvey. They're using six this coming weekend. So, by this time next week, they will have used 35 of the 56 official visits that they're allotted. Yeah. Uh, text line wants to know who was the mystery visitor that w- wasn't originally going to be at the Champion Barbecue. The mystery visitor visitor that wasn't originally going to be at the Champion Barbecue. Well, I. I don't think they hosted anybody that wasn't originally going to be at the Champion Barbecue. There was a visitor. At the first portion of the barbecue, so, you know, everybody on campus for the barbecue was there Friday through Sunday. There was a guy there Thursday through Saturday that kept his visit low-key. That would have been three-star linebacker Whit Weeks out of the state of Georgia. By the way, linebacker. <laughs> Sooners are looking real good for a lot of linebackers right now in the 2020 Yeah, class. and that, and that and, shouldn't be surprising. Like, And that's one position that I thought once they hired Brent Venables, like, okay, if nothing else, they're going to be really good at linebacker really quick. I think that might happen as soon as this year, actually. They, they're going to run out of spots real quick. Yeah, I think very soon here it's going to become a matter of who's willing to jump in the boat first because they obviously have Caleb Spencer locked in. They are trending very well for Samuel Masigo and Phil Picciotti right now. Lewis Carter, four-star out of the state of Florida, is going to take an official visit this weekend. They just had Troy Bowles in town. They just had Whit Weeks in town. They just had Anthony Hill in town. Where does it stop, Tyler? I don't know. It, start, it stops with Troy Bowles committing to the Oklahoma Sooners, hopefully. By the way, OU baseball is in a lightning delay right now. A lightning delay? In the top of the seventh inning. You know oh, how please. storms roll through the uh, Florida panhandle, or as uh, like my wedding day, they uh, rolled through uh, what was supposed to be an outdoor uh, reception, and we had to move mm. it inside at the uh, last minute. But hey, hey you know, storms just roll through in the panhandle of Florida sometimes, so... Uh, hopefully OU baseball will be back here shortly. OU softball less than five minutes away from getting back underway uh, against UCLA. Winner goes to the championship series against Oklahoma State or Texas. And uh, as this game goes on, I promise you, we'll be talking about it, giving our analysis as the game goes on. Uh, one more from the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Again, that number is 405-651-3439. Pretty good if we mule shoe a recruit from Bama. Boomer. Well, if you mule shoe a recruit away, that means you basically tampered with the kid. And I don't think OU tampered with the kid. Yeah, I just, they didn't need to tamper. Nobody knew that was happening. I just want to emphasize that. Nobody knew that was happening. Keon Brown committing to Oklahoma last night was as much of a surprise as there has been with regard to Oklahoma recruiting in, I would say, at least two or three years. Dating back maybe to the Jace McClellan situation. I don't know if that's still taboo to talk about, but... A little bit. Yeah, that's the last... Well, and even then, there were some rumblings ahead of time. This was completely out of the blue. 
Kind of reminded me of when Cedric Roberts committed last yeah. year. But obviously there's a difference between a four-star wide receiver and a three-star defensive lineman. That's no knock on Cedric Roberts. But four-star skill position guys, those carry a lot of weight. Yeah. All right, hey, uh, hang out with us during uh, game two of the softball game and the baseball game. I'm not telling you not to watch it. Watch it. Just interact with us on the Air Coverage Solutions text line while it's going on. 405-651-3439. It's locked on on this Monday. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. All right, we're back underway in Oklahoma City. Game two between Oklahoma and UCLA. Winner is off to the championship series. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Keep the interaction coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Parker, it's been 2,306 days since OU softball lost twice on the same day. February of 2016 is the last time OU softball lost twice in the same day. So uh, let's hope it's 2,307 when we wake up tomorrow. But... Uh, all the momentum is on UCLA side. All the pressure on OU side as well. We can begin game one here. Woo. That's true, but when you're as good a softball team as the University of Oklahoma is, momentum and pressure, they don't go nearly as far in these types of matchups uh, as they do with the rest of the general softball population in terms of programs across the country. This OU team has demonstrated time and time again that regardless of where the momentum lies, regardless of where the pressure lies, they can rise to the occasion. So it'll be interesting, though. Yeah. We'll see if uh, UCLA can stay hot uh, offensively, in particular, against Hope Troutwine. OU needs a uh, really good start here just to get the momentum back. And uh, Jada Coleman draws a leadoff walk, so that's going to bring Jocelyn Allo to the plate with one on and nobody out in the top of the first. OU baseball down 2-1 to one in the seventh inning. They're in a lightning delay right now in Gainesville, Florida. So uh, hopefully that, uh, that passes by. All right, Air Coverage Solutions text line. Tyler, you said something about two-plus commits coming from Champ U Barbecue. Saw only, uh, OU only got one. What's up at OU? Time to get concerned? If it's a money deal, I'm afraid there is no way in hell OU can compete with UT, A&M, Bama, Georgia, and others who have huge alumni associations. If it's now buying talent, I think OU may be screwed. Hope I'm wrong. That's from Cam. Um, is there any chance that we have any silent commits here that we don't know about? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is a chance. Um, and moreover, I was on the phone with PJ at a bar yesterday, and there is an excellent chance the Georgia visit that he has planned for this weekend does not happen. And if so that happens, you can if, all but lock it up. If man. Georgia's out of the picture, he will commit and commit quickly. And, and yeah, in in like even if he doesn't commit quickly, which I don't know why you would cancel the Georgia visit and not commit quickly, but if for some reason he doesn't, I'm still saying, you know, lock that one away. It's done. He's he's coming to OU. OU, OU did a lot in that recruitment over the weekend as well. And that's one of those it's one of those deals where look, at the end of the day, here's what everybody has to keep in mind. First off, the over under was two point five commits within a week of the barbecue. So yep. we're gonna come back next Monday and we'll see where things stand. Do you count Keon Brown? Do you not count Keon Brown? Either way, that's a big addition, particularly in terms of recruiting momentum for Oklahoma. And look, based on everyone I've talked to, this Champ U barbecue went over swimmingly with the recruits in attendance. Yeah. And so there will be a payoff. How immediately? I don't know. 
still kind of up in the air. A lot of guys still kind of collecting their thoughts and uh, formulating their opinions on where things stand between them and Oklahoma and the other schools in the mix for their commitment as well. So we're going to see what happens. At the end of the day, I really like where Oklahoma stands with several of the guys that they brought in over the weekend out of Barre, probably the most high profile of those. But Derek LeBlanc was in town unofficially. He still hasn't taken his OV to OU. And I believe he has at least one more unofficial visit scheduled to Oklahoma before he takes his OV. So you like where Oklahoma sits in that one. It's a matter of when the shoe drops. That's all it is at this point because I got it on pretty good authority, Tyler, that if Oklahoma already wasn't in the lead for a number of the players that were in town for the barbecue, they took a sizable lead or lengthened a sizable lead for many of those players. Uh, by the way, Jocelyn Allo hits a double, so you've got runners on second and third with nobody outs in the top of the first inning. Tiare Jennings is at the plate now, so OU looking for some early momentum against UCLA, and all of a sudden you probably feel a whole lot better about this thing if you're able to put up a two spot or a three spot or just get some runs on the board in the top of the first inning with Hope Troutwine. Uh, coming to the circle for this game, but nice. Yeah, leadoff walk to Coleman. Allo gets on base with a deep double, so just just got to get gotta get runners in. This almost feels like that OU baseball game yesterday, Parker. I don't know how much of it you got to watch, but everyone had the same thought of, you know, once OU baseball had bases loaded, nobody out, and they didn't get anyone in, it was kind of like, oh, dang. And T.R.A. Jennings just hits a three-run Bomb! Sooners up 3-0 in the top of the first. Wow. How quickly it can change. Didn't take long, did it, Tyler? Wow. And that, that might be all Hope Troutwine needs Woo! right there. Wow. That could be good enough. That is how you respond. That is how you respond from four hits from game one. You put up a three spot in the first inning. With uh, Tiare Jennings is uh, walking herself into... Uh, WCWS MVP. Yeah, here's the thing. You can punch this team in the mouth, but they're not going to let you kick them while they're down. It's not how they roll. I think that's like her fourth home run of the Women's College World Series. That one was deep, too. What a response. Okay, so we've got that going on. We're still waiting for uh, OU baseball to get out of their rain delay. Did I say Tallahassee last segment? I meant Gainesville. You guys know that. I I don't even know I was thinking of Tallahassee. But they're in Gainesville, Florida. UCLA got a mound vi- visit going on. Uh, keep the text coming. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Take me inside the walls, will you, of this Champion Barbecue in terms okay. of similarities and differences from, from last year. Yeah, well, <laughs> the differences, and I think one of the key things that Oklahoma was really trying to focus on, and I talked about it either Thursday or Friday on this show, Tyler, is the reality that Brent Venables was going to make a concerted effort to sit down and talk personally with every single one of the 28 official visitors. And he accomplished that. Throughout the entirety of the barbecue, Brent Venables basically held court in his office, and one by one, they came through to have one-on-one interactions with Coach Venables. And so that was one thing that resonated with a lot of guys that were in attendance was the intentionality of the staff as a whole and particularly from Venables because look you may go on an official visit and there's not a guarantee that you get to talk to the head coach but the fact that they had 28 guys in town and Venables made space 
to talk with every single one of them individually, that stood out. And look, I don't have all of the inside scoopage on what they did this year compared to last year. I think that's one of the things that OU quite understandably likes to keep something of a guard on because you don't want other schools ripping off the things that make your official visits stand out. So the more you can keep that covert, the better off you're going to be. But I'll tell you what, Tyler, I was I was exchanging texts with one <laughs> recruit that was at the barbecue this year and was at the barbecue last year. And this individual said, I tell you what, man, this barbecue is 50 times better wow. than Lincoln Riley's. He actually called Lincoln Riley Tebow, too, which, <laughs> which was funny. He didn't say T-B-O-W. He, he went with the Tebow instead? No, T-B-O-W. He, he said T-B-O-W. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I, 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 some people like to say Tebow. Others like to say T-B-O-W. You know, it's some just, have it's easier to say. T- everybody understand what it they, – they all understand what it means. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, OU softball continue to roll. Up three nothing in the top of the first inning. So yeah, man. Um, Phil, what Phil Picciotti was in town. I, I saw an article on twenty four seven Sports OUinsider.com that he really likes the defensive fit and where he fits in in the defense. That's obviously a great sign for a linebacker, right? Because for a position like linebacker, it is a lot about fit. And if he really likes this defensive fit, you've had a crystal ball in for him for, I don't know, it feels like three weeks now. Yeah, something I'm going like to guess you still probably feel pretty good about I that. I feel really good about it. And to me, the only thing I'm concerned about with the Sooners and Phil Picciotti is, okay, what happens if Troy Bowles and Lewis Carter and Samuel Masigo decide they want to commit? What happens if Whit Weeks decides he wants to commit? There may come a point in time at which Brent Venables has to turn some linebackers away. Yeah. And some, some really good linebackers, by the way. Yeah, Whit Weeks' official visit to Oklahoma was his fourth visit to campus this calendar year. It's crazy, man. There's been, and there's, you know, it's not just one guy that's made several unofficial visits to Norman, right? Feels no. like almost like every kid that we're talking about. Yes, yeah, his fifth unofficial trip to Norman. He hasn't taken his OV yet. He's going to take his OV at some point. But, uh, man, he's been making the rounds coming up to uh, Norman this week. Yeah, I mean, it was lucky number seven for Caden Green. And his official visit in particular, and he and his family were very, very impressed with everything that went into the planning and organization and execution of the Champion Barbecue. So still feeling really, really good about that one as well. Great point, Kyle and Broken Arrow. No surprise that Venables has better barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's li- the bar was least low. surprising thing. The bar was very low. I mean, uh, you know, um, Old Muleshoe had to have someone come in, or, or, or dude Travis Davidson, he had to have someone else come in and actually cook the food for the Champion Barbecue. So uh, go figure on that one, right? All right, keep it coming. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A lot going on today. Trying to tell you about the recruiting weekend while watching OU softball and trying to figure out when this OU baseball game is going to be back on. I don't know how we're doing this juggling act, but we're doing the best we can. More to come next on Locked In on the Ref. Hope Trout Wine starts things off with a strikeout in the bottom of the first inning. OU up 3-0 on UCLA. Winner off to the championship series against Oklahoma State or Texas. Uh, OU baseball still in that lightning delay. Top of the seventh inning in Gainesville. Sooners trail Florida 2-1. Winner is off to a Super Regional in Blacksburg, Virginia against the Virginia Tech Hokies. It is locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. Air Coverage Solutions text line says, I despise Mule Sue as much as anyone, 
but I would have thrown some spicy head and country on that barbecue brisket and went to town. That's a good thing about a good barbecue sauce. No matter how dry it is, no matter how bad it is, it can mask a lot of things, but I don't even know if good barbecue sauce could have masked how dry that brisket looked last summer. What is? Do you have like an official Tyler McComas barbecue sauce power rankings? Um, I'm head head and country is pretty high for really? me. Yeah, very high for me. I I can understand how it's not for everyone. Um, it is a very unique taste for for a barbecue sauce. Is for it sure. really? I feel like it is. Huh? Yeah, I feel like it's very. Have you you've had it before? Oh, right? I've had plenty of it. Okay. Yeah, I've lived in Oklahoma for years, so yes. But I was I always thought it was just kind of standard to me. Like head country always tasted like. Pretty standard barbecue sauce. You know, there's some where you get the vinegar undertones, and there are some that are a little bit spicier than others. But for me, head country, I, and I, I, this, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just a good, solid, standard barbecue sauce. But that's always what head yeah, country has been to me. There, I, I like pretty much all barbecue sauces except for, and let me preface this. Okay. I've had a lot of barbecue in Kansas City. I love barbecue in Kansas City. It's my favorite barbecue city. Okay. I don't really like KC Masterpiece all that much. Not a big KC masterpiece. I don't know if I've ever had barbecue sauce fan, and I'm not a big fan of Case. Is KC masterpiece? They still have the restaurant. It's been 19 years since I've been to the one in Kansas City, but just remember not being that big of a fan of it. Maybe that's because the same trip that I was there, uh, Kansas State blasted OU 35 to seven in the Big 12 championship game. I don't know. Text line says Sweet Baby Ray, sweet and spicy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty solid as well up there. I'm gonna say Head Country though is number one. Maybe that makes me a little bit of an Oklahoma here. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, head country for me is is number one. Still don't think it would have cured that that dry brisket though that uh, Muleshoe had. I've always been partial to Rudy's sauce because you know I, I I grew up in Nebraska, where barbecue does not necessarily abound, at least not like that. And my parents spent a good deal of time in the South. My mom grew up in the South, so whenever they come down here. Whenever they're in Oklahoma or in Texas, really anywhere across the South, they always pick up a bottle of Ruby's, Rudy's barbecue sauce and bring it back home. Yeah. So, I was also a big fan of Stubbs growing up. Yeah, we got a. Uh, I think we just got one on the uh, text line. Casey Masterpiece stinks, and Stubbs barbecue sauce is horrible. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Alyssa Brito, by the way, can't make a uh, catch on the warning track. So UCLA has a runner at second with uh, just one out right now in the bottom of the first. Three nothing there. Kylan Broken Arrow says Apple Habanero Head Country. Never tried that. Apple didn't even, Habanero? Did, didn't even know that that was a thing. Wow. I am one that, you know, I'll go with the sweet and the spicy and all that. I'm one, though, that I don't get too crazy when it comes to barbecue sauces. I kind of leave it how it is. Now, Kyle... I don't doubt that that's a very good barbecue sauce, but I like to K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, when it comes to my condiments for the most part. Yeah, habanero, that's that's a little out of my wheelhouse, man. No, there are those people that eat the Carolina Reaper barbecue sauce. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Jalapenos are enough of a struggle for me. Bobby in Austin says, when I lived in Kansas City for a short time, the barbecue sauce definitely leans tomato. I hated it at first, grew to really enjoy it. However, my go-to is Sweet Baby Ray's mixed in with some hot sauce of choice. I take it back. Sweet Baby Ray's is the standard barbecue sauce. Jackson that is just like straight up middle of the road. I can't go wrong with it, but also it's never really spectacular. It's just kind of there. 
Jack Stack and KC is bomb.com. They also sponsor Creed. Uh, KC Masterpiece Restaurant is gone. Good, it needed to be. Uh, Billy Ray's Medium Sized Sauce. That's from DT. Slaps for uh, all, all of you that know Kansas City Barbecue. Slaps is where it's at for me. It is on the um, opposite side of the river from downtown Kansas City. So it's a little off the beaten path, but Slaps is uh, awesome. Best ribs I've ever had. And they have some cream corn with uh, some bacon going on in it, Parker. Um, ooh, that, ooh, that sounds eating. dangerous right there. It's, uh, it's, it's good eating. Good Come eating on. for sure. Yeah, Kansas City knows how to do it right when okay, it's uh, so barbecue. How, how, how long is this lightning delay lasting? I don't know. They, they've tarped the infield. so. Oh, no. Yeah. I, Anytime I you see the tarp, you know it's going to be a while. Yeah, I don't know if we're back on 1400 AM yet or the app, so if we are, hey, what's up? We'll keep you uh, updated on when the uh, baseball game is going to come back on. But Hope Troutwine just got a strikeout, bottom of the first. Uh, She struck out two, had, I think they ruled that a hit. Yeah, they ruled that a hit for UCLA. So uh, no runs on one hit for UCLA, 3-0 OU going to the top of the second inning. So We we have another text on the text line, another Kyle here. I second the apple habanero. Try it, you won't regret it. I'm going to need a scientific study done on the correlation between being named Kyle and having an affinity for apple habanero barbecue sauce. For KC Barbecue, try Char Bar. The smoked chicken wings are amazing. Yeah, I've heard of Char Bar. Um, Also Q39. Q39, probably my top two for uh, barbecue stops in Kansas City as well. I know that some of you are like, oh, that's a lame answer. Everyone says Q39. Well, there's a reason why everyone says Q39. This is Q39 is awesome. If everyone says it, that's generally an indication <laughs> that it's pretty dang good. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it is. That's, that's for sure. Uh, Summer Smitty is back, guys. Uh, don't take it from me. Take it from Jackson Sumlin. Take it from Reed Lindsay. They're basically putting out tweets today saying, oh, gosh, uh, he is back, and he's back in a big way. Uh, Jackson Sumlin tweeted out Schmitty in the summer with two crying face emojis. Reed Lindsay said, Today's workout made me want to call all of my loved ones and tell them how much I appreciated them. Laughing face emoji. It's on right now. It's it's on up there at the Everest uh, Training Center. And, hey, summer enrollees are on campus as of yesterday. So, got a whole team on your hands. Everybody is in the building. Looks like this could be uh, a lengthy delay in Gainesville, Florida. Oh, so, no. While we have you, uh, we'll uh, get you get caught back up on the uh, Champion Barbecue Weekend and, of course, talk about this OU softball game as well. But y- you could not have drawn up a better start than what OU softball has had in the first inning. All the pressure squarely on OU, all the momentum clearly on UCLA side, and all of the, all of the momentum – all of the momentum shifted to OU's dugout within the first three hitters of the game. Jenny, or not, um, you had Coleman walked, Allo doubled, and then Tiare Jennings hits a three-run bomb. So UCLA hasn't even grabbed the bat yet in game two, and they're down 3 nothing. So that was a huge, 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 huge momentum swing. And if OU goes on and wins this game and, and, and is in the championship series, we're going to be talking about that at bat from Tiari Jennings. I think she has four home runs in the Women's College World Series. So she is really putting herself in a great situation to be the WCWS MVP by the time it's all said and done. But Hope Troutwine is fresh, and she looked fresh in that first inning. Really, really good start for OU softball. Let's see if they can uh, 
keep it rolling here in the top of the second inning. Your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It's Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. This hour is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa, and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. Give Elite Roofing Systems a call today, 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475, EliteRoofing.com. Uh, OU, two on, nobody out in the top of the second inning. Jana Johns at the plate, OU up 3-0. OU baseball, for about 30 minutes now, been in a uh, rain delay, lightning delay. This one could be lengthy. Down 2-1 to one in the top of the seventh inning. But, Parker, you and I have played enough baseball and have seen enough baseball to where this may not be the worst thing for OU. Last no, three rain innings. Rain delays change things, man. They can change things. You regroup a little bit. So, let's hope that that's the case is that – you know, we'll see if uh, who Florida has to bring back out on the mound. What happens here with this lengthy delay? Seriously, man, these are things sometimes that turn out to be game changers. And you can hope that that's the case here for Oklahoma because the bats have gone cold over the last couple of days in Gainesville. And my goodness, you couldn't you couldn't put a pitch past them over yeah. the course of their first couple contests down there in Gainesville, but. Ever since the Gators made it through the loser's side of the bracket and was able to match up with Oklahoma once again, man, it's, it's been a tale of uh, – it's seemingly been a tale of two halves. The first half of this regional, Oklahoma could not be stopped offensively. They've struggled to get much of anything going over the course of the second half. And, of course, as we know, if you can't finish strong, if you can't close things out over the course of that second half of the regional, then you're not going to the Supers. And make no mistake, Tyler – if the Sooners hit the way that they did over the first two games of this regional, they're not only going to get to Omaha, they're going to make some serious noise. But got to be consistent with it. You cannot afford to take a night off the way that they seem to be doing right now in Gainesville. One run through six innings. You got to string something together because you are three innings from your season ending. Yeah. I mean, the hot bats go, you know, all the way back to the Big 12 tournament. They go back to, what, the end of the regular season as well, seemingly. And it feels like, unfortunately, once that top of the first inning happened, where you had the bases loaded, nobody out, and you didn't get any runs across, it really kind of feel like that's the point where, uh, at least offensively, things change for OU. And they, and they still got... What, uh, a few runs across the board last night, and Kendall Pettis hits a home run earlier today. But, yeah, offensively, they don't look like the same team, and it's hard to not say, yeah, it looks like that thing kind of changed after the first inning yesterday. But rain delays can change things, and we'll see how long they're delayed in Gainesville. But, you know, they're only down 2-1. to one. You know, they're not down 5-1 or need to mount some sort of an incredible rally. you got three more turns at the plate, so let's see if OU baseball can win this one and uh, end up going to a super regional be an amazing accomplishment. Amazing and here's accomplishment. and here's what here's what's important to keep in mind. And yes, it would be an amazing accomplishment, particularly if they could overcome the Gators in their own regional on their own home field, because Gainesville, Florida, is a tough place to win in any sport. But here's what's important to keep in mind: once a rain delay hits, whoever you've got in the game pitching is coming out. Yeah, it especially by this yeah. time. Yeah, it, it does not matter how long they have been in the game. Once a rain delay hits, whoever was on the mound at that point 
for your team is coming out of the game. And at that point, it becomes especially paramount that your bullpen is able to hold it down. And you do, do got to acknowledge this, Tyler. The Sooners are at a bis, bit of a disadvantage when it comes to the bullpen situation because really the only consistent reliever that they have had this season is Trevin Michael, who started this game yep. for Oklahoma. So they're going to have to cobble something together. Man. But Florida has played one more game than OU. Now, you didn't tax their bullpen like you would have wanted to last night, no. so I, I can't speak on exactly what shape Florida's in, but at least there's that as Florida's played one more game than you uh, so far throughout this regional. So we'll see how it works out here. Uh, keep an eye on uh, softball. Again, winner of this one is going to move on to the championship series between Oklahoma State and Texas. OU up 3-0 right now in the top of the second inning. Runners on first and second, and Jocelyn Allo is up, and she just destroyed one. And is it fair? Is it foul? It is fair. Three-run home run, Jocelyn Allo. OU is now up 6 nothing. <laughs> All right. Is it over, Tyler? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm, a lot of times I Dang am it. that guy. But I'm not going to be that guy here. I couldn't tell if it was fair or foul. Just snuck in fair. She hit it about 550 feet, a slight exaggeration. She hammered that ball, but it just stays fair. OU's up 6 nothing. Dang. Championship response, man. I mean, this team is a legit, true championship program. And, you know, Parker, a lot of people had uh, bad vibes after that first game. Uh-oh. Hope Troutwine's got all the pressure on her. This team's got all the pressure. And this is how they respond. Six runs in the first two innings. That's how, how legit teams How the do narrative it. has changed over the course of just this hour. I, and that, that's what happens with OU softball, man. Never doubt this team. No matter what situation they're in. You will learn to never doubt this team. So Tiari Jennings hits a three-run bomb. Now Jocelyn Allo hits a three-run bomb. And Hope Troutwine does not have to be perfect. She's been really good this Women's College World Series. Just four uh, earned runs combined in her first two starts. If Hope can just stay steady the rest of the way, then OU is going to be playing for another national championship in the championship series. But you know, man, you know that uh, all those Oklahoma State and Texas fans are watching this game right now and saying, dang it, dang, we thought that this was finally it. Finally thought that maybe we were going to get rid of Oklahoma on the pat. No, 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 no. The national championship for college softball always rolls through Norman. Always rolls through Norman. And I wouldn't be surprised if OU ends up run-rolling UCLA in this game. What a statement that would be. It's looking that way. Three runs in each of the first two innings. You'll take that. And as far as baseball is concerned, flipping the coin back to the yeah. other side here, I do think this Randallay has the potential to work in favor of Oklahoma because the only pitcher that they've used so far in this game is Trevin Michael. So they're going to have all hands on deck. And moreover, Florida's pitcher, Brandon Neely, the freshman right-hander who's been outstanding today, four hits and just the lone earned run, no walks and five strikeouts through six and two-thirds, he's going to have to come out of the game. And when you got a guy that's rolling – and all of a sudden his rhythm's disrupted, and you got to turn to the bullpen, that can shake a team's confidence. It's a momentum so, changer, man. It exactly. is. And so I think regardless of when we get back to action down there in Gainesville, Florida, I would think this works in OU's favor more so than it works in Florida's favor. Yeah, and uh, once, if you're listening on 1400 AM or if you're listening on the KREF app, first off, thank you for uh, listening today. But once that baseball game is back up and ready to go, we'll we'll, uh, we'll let you know on a time on that. 
when it looks like they might get uh, ready to start playing again, and uh, we'll send you back out to uh, Gainesville, Florida uh, for that. But, hey, 94-7, you can listen to us if you're in the Oklahoma City area until 6 p.m. tonight. We'll be talking about that baseball game. We'll be talking about that, this softball game, that recruiting weekend from this past weekend, and a whole lot more. We'll hey. reset it. We'll talk about everything coming up next. Since it's you and I yeah. on the rush, is this basically just four hours of locked in? This is, is yeah. I mean, dude, we, we got three we're, subjects We're today. locked in for four hours? We got three subjects today. OU baseball, OU softball, OU football recruiting. Yeah, y'all going to want to stick around for this. No uh, lame, boring NBA finals here that you don't care about and you're not watching. I can tell you where to get that. There's places where you can get that. But not here. We actually talk about the things that you care about. All right, the rush is coming up next. Oh, yeah, it is the rush on Monday. Tyler McComas, no Ted Lehman at all this week. That means Parker Thune is going to slide in with me for the entirety. We're going to be together for four hours from uh, Monday to Thursday. So Parker and I get to spend a lot of quality time together this week. And that's good because we got a lot to talk about. OU softball up 6 nothing right now on UCLA in the bottom of the second inning. OU baseball is in a rain delay, but... Uh, We'll get, to, we'll get you back to that game on 1400 AM and the Ref app once that game is back underway in the top of the 7th. OU trails 2-1. to one. And, of course, we got a big-time champion barbecue weekend as well. But, as always, we want to hear from you. Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Um, a little bit of a tease. Speaking of the Air Coverage Solutions text line, might be giving away two tickets every single day this week to a major concert festival in Oklahoma, um, you're saying. So be tuned in probably later this hour. We're going to find our first two winners of this week for uh, two free tickets to Rocklahoma, if you're interested in that, from September 2nd through the 4th. All right, let's get people caught up on the recruiting weekend, Parker, before we uh, go back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Tell us about OU's newest commit, four-star wide receiver out of Tallahassee, Florida. Keon Brown is his name, and he has risen very, very quickly. Six foot three, 190 pounds, entered calendar year 2022 without a single college scholarship offer. Florida State gave him his first one in mid-January and a slew of Power 5 programs. Pretty immediately followed suit. He camped at Oklahoma last week on Thursday, picked up the offer, camped at Alabama on Saturday, picked up the offer there, decided to commit on Sunday. Quite understandably, everybody figures the guy's going to Alabama because if you're a receiver from that area, yeah. why wouldn't you? Lo and behold, it's Oklahoma for Keon Brown. It's a huge addition, a very unexpected addition, but especially in the wake of Ashton Cozart flipping to Oregon, a sizable high-end wide receiver was one thing that Oklahoma badly needed in this class, and they got their guy in Keon Brown. Yeah, that's that's great news to get another wide receiver, like you said, so shortly after the decommitment from Ashton Cozart. Yeah, big time. 6'3", 190. Uh, Bama ha had an offer out. Florida State had an offer out. Auburn had an offer out. Miami had an offer out. And you say, oh, okay, yeah, he was at the Champion Barbecue. OU must have just had an incredible impression on this kid. You know, and, and he's not the first guy, right? Um, you got Jaden Gibson from last year, from the state of Florida. Sure. That OU made a quick impression on. Jackson Arnold, they made, what, a really quick impression on. There's been some kids here recently where it's only taken OU a few days for them to say, yeah, this is where I want to be. And, and, and that's with Lincoln walking out the door. I'm trying to think. 
Well, you know what? No, they're, they're five for five. All five commits right now in the 2023 cycle for Oklahoma gave their pledge to the Sooners before taking an official visit. Yeah. Which is pretty dang impressive when you consider the fact that Brent Venables doesn't let his guys take any other visits once they commit. So they're basically saying, hey, you know what? Forget the official visits. Forget the free travel, the free food, the camaraderie, the photo shoots. I want to be in Oklahoma, and I'm ready to lock it in. Great news. Um, does this change anything at all with uh, Cole Adams? No, I don't think it does because they're two very different types of receivers. right? If Anthony Evans had committed this past weekend, that might have changed things with Cole Adams. If Jaquazy Petaway had committed this past weekend, maybe that changes things with regard to Cole Adams. But – no, I don't think the addition of Keon Brown changes much of anything. And as I mentioned an hour ago on this, well, I guess not on this show, on Locked In, technically. I guess, I guess we've made the transition from Locked we In have. to Rush. But uh, as I mentioned last hour, Cole Adams is going to be on an official visit to Oklahoma hmm, this weekend. Interesting. How about that? Can't, uh, the, can't hurt your feelings there if How he you like likes Alabama so much. Why is he already committed to the Tide after a visit this past weekend? He's at least given OU, a, he's given OU as good of a chance as you can ask for here. Is that fair to say? That's definitely fair to say. They're getting a fair shake in all this. Despite the fact that they didn't offer him until mid-May. He is letting the Sooners have their say. Yeah. Uh, OU gets uh, out of the bottom of the second inning, so it's 6 nothing Sooners heading into the top of the third. OU's got six runs on six hits. UCLA zero runs on just one hit. Bobby from Austin says that home run put Allo back to 500 average on the season. Wild. And, and that's the thing. Like Allo will always be known as the home run queen of college softball, and rightfully so. It's her most impressive statistic but she's not just a home run hitter Parker a lot of times when you think of a home run hitter you see someone who's you know has hit 30 plus home runs but might have an average of 275 or 280 she's got an average of 500 this season she is a complete hitter unlike the game has ever seen she is incredible and for my money I say that she's the greatest hitter that uh, college softball has ever seen Uh, this one says any updates surrounding DJ Lagway's recruitment no, nothing new, and I don't think there will be much new until he starts taking visits again uh, and really starts to get a feel for what type of offense, what type of school is going to be the best fit for him. I don't figure it's going to be all that long before DJ Lagway locks it in with one. I don't, I don't think we're going to be sitting here a year from now and it's going to be a Jaden Rashada type of situation. I think DJ Lagway is the type of kid that now that he basically has all, every single offer across the entire country – uh, he'll be pretty expedient in picking his destination, and at that point he'll start to recruit guys around him. So whether that's Oklahoma or whether that's elsewhere, I think we will know within the next couple of months probably where DJ Lagway is going. That's just my knee-jerk on the situation. Clinton in Chapel Acre said, I was thinking we are going to have to fire Patty Gasso for starting our third-best pitcher today, but now she's a genius again. Patty forever. Clint, I know that that was a very tongue-in-cheek uh, text, but I got to say, you can blame the the pitching all you want for game one. The offense only had, what, four hits in game one. Just three runs on only four hits, so the offense didn't help out things uh, all that much. No, but hey, you know what? Save all the runs for the second game? I guess it doesn't yeah, really matter, now yeah. does it? Sure. Hey, just, you know, just 
get more reps out there at the most important time of the year. That's 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 all that means. That's all that means. I'm down in Orlando. I'm looking for Teddy to give him a huge boomer just to make him uncomfortable. Yes, please do that. Uh, I'll let you read this top one here that uh, just rolled in on the Year Comfort Solutions text line. Ooh, how serious is OU with Samson Okunlola, or does he just keep listing OU in his top five? I, I'm not buying that one. I'm not. If he visits, okay, great. Maybe we can start to have a conversation about OU maybe being a player in his recruitment. But until he gets down to Norman, I am not counting on it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be awesome, no doubt. But as you look at how many offensive linemen are in the picture right now for Oklahoma, Bryson Sanders, Jaden Chapman, Wilkin Formby, Logan Howland, they were all on campus this past weekend. They've got Josh Bates committed. They're trending very, very well for Caden Green and Peyton Kirkland. They don't need Samuel Okunlola. They don't even need to <laughs> make him a priority necessarily because of how many guys they're already in excellent standing with. Yeah, well, uh, OU back up at, uh, at bat, uh, top of the third inning, Alyssa Brito is at the plate. Run rule could be in play for uh, OU here, so stay tuned for that. That'd be quite the statement heading into the championship series, and all the worries and concerns that you had an hour ago would be uh, completely out the window. That's that's how you have a championship response, and OU softball knows all about championship responses. Jacoby Johnson, four-star athlete out of Mustang. He's one of the best players in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, he was at the Champion Barbecue this weekend. Apparently, he has uh, three more officials that uh, he has uh, locked in, Parker. Do you know anything about these three officials that Jacoby Johnson, who's thought to be a heavy OU lean, where he's going to be heading this summer? Yeah, he is a heavy OU lean. Those three additional officials are Alabama, Michigan, and Stanford. Look, our director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong, uh, he is on top of this entire industry and everything that goes on therein. So... If there is so much as a rustling of grass in an individual recruitment, uh, Steve's going to be one of the first people to know about it. Uh, he crystal balled Jacoby Johnson to Oklahoma today. So that tells you. That's, that's interesting. He releases a story like, hey, here's Jacoby Johnson's three more officials that he's locked in. Oh, but at the same time, I'm uh, crystal balling him to OU. But it was the exact same thing with Caden <laughs> Green. Yeah. Which right. kind of tells you. Okay. Odds are the kid just wants to make the rounds, get some free food, get some free plane flights. I don't blame him there, man. Hey, you know what? If you can, you might as well. I'd do the exact same thing. If I were a coveted football prospect, and Lord knows I was not and never will be, but if I had five official visits to take, you bet I'm taking every single one of them. All right, so if I had four official visits left and I'm in the same situation as Jacoby Johnson, I'm a pretty heavy OU lean. People are crystal balling me to OU. I want to stay home. That's that's where I want to play. I'm trying to think of the four official visits that I would take. Here, here's the thing, Parker. I wouldn't go to whatever the four best programs in college football are. I want to go to fun schools in great weather environments that, you know, maybe you're trying to get over the hump. I, I feel like your trip could be a little bit more fun if you go to a school that's trying to get over the hump. So, like, in Arizona State, I think would be a great place to start. You know, you take an official, vis official visit there. You're a four-star. They really want you. Maybe they're more apt to show you a good time than a Michigan or something You know like what? That. I don't know. It's got to be so hard to recruit at Hawaii because, like, as you're recruiting these kids – 
you have no idea whether they're actually interested or whether just they're, they're just saying all the right things because they want you to offer an OV so they can take a free well, trip I, to Hawaii. And I think that that's why they don't really um, do a whole lot of official visits from the mainland over to Hawaii. I think that they, from what I understand, I feel like they're pretty strict on that front. Because, yeah, like some five-star from Alabama, I'm interested in Hawaii, like, Hawaii's smart enough to be like, you know, we're not just going to fly you out here on our, especially with, has anyone checked flights recently to see how much flights are? There ain't no way. There ain't no way. So I I don't think that they do it. They do it for kids in the mainland, but they have to know that they're pretty serious on actually considering Hawaii. Exactly. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Ole Miss, Let's go with, oh gosh, Arizona State, Ole Miss. Let's go with, Miami might be kind of fun, right? Sure, Cor- Coral Gables. Miami would be a really get good you, time, get actually. Get you a good solid Cuban sandwich. Wisconsin is a great party town. Might go up uh, and hang out there. Oh, so you're in it for the party. Yeah, I mean, if I already know where I'm going, then yes, I'm just in it to have a really good time somewhere. That, that would be my four. Arizona State, Ole Miss, Miami, and Wisconsin. Okay. Mine, I, what would mine be? See, I'd want to go places that I've never been before. Places that I feel like are scenic. Boise cool State. To be. Okay, Boise <laughs> State would be fun. Uh, Hawaii would obviously be fun. Okay, so two for two in the Mountain West so far. My other ones would probably be, I don't want to say Alabama, but... I feel like the opportunity to sit in Nick Saban's office is just like bucket list material. So maybe Alabama. Especially when he has that remote control wall that he can just close off uh, whenever he wants to. You is know it, what's an awesome campus? UCLA. Is if you see pictures and you're just like, my goodness, I would love to spend some time there. Appalachian State. Yeah. I that is a, a gorgeous I had part a cousin that was the head cheerleader in Boone, North Carolina, yep. where, where that is. So. Uh, I don't know if Boone, North Carolina would make my top four, but it uh, seems like it's pretty scenic out there. Okay. That, that, I'm going that Alabama, Hawaii, Boise State, App State. I don't know. I, after that four, Brent Venables would probably be like, yeah, dude, I'm not recruiting you. You're going to Arizona State. <laughs> You're going to Miami. You're going to Ole Miss, Wisconsin. Like, get out of here, dude. What, like, what are you talking about? Not, not a fit. Yeah, not a fit at all. All right, OU comes up empty in the top of the third. So to the bottom of the third we go in Oklahoma City. OU leads it right now over UCLA 6-0. Remember, a winner is going on to the championship series, which starts on Wednesday night. Keep the text rolling in, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. More is coming next. It is The Rush live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune in for Teddy Lehman this week, and Hope Troutwine is rolling in the circle Five strikeouts already. Bottom of the third. Nobody on two outs as Oklahoma leads UCLA six to nothing. Sooners are rolling right now and uh, inching closer and closer to a berth in the uh, Women's College World Series Championship Series. What's your big prediction for tonight? Oklahoma State and Texas. Can uh, Texas force a game two, or is Oklahoma State just going to roll them and off to the championship? Yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Simple. Well, you. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Any other sport, I would probably want to see OU in Texas for a national title. But in the sport of softball, I really want to see Bedlam. Yeah, it, it'll be because it's all it's all the state of Oklahoma. 
there's been some crazy environments at the Women's College World Series, and, and that's because this game has grown so much over the past four to five years especially. If you have Bedlam in the Women's College World Series, it'll be an atmosphere unlike we've ever seen, not only at that event, but in college softball. The, the tickets for that, Parker, are already insane, but will be stupid on the secondary market if those two teams meet. And I got to admit, before uh, before we started this uh, Women's College World Series, I, I, I predicted it to be Bedlam in the championship series, and I said, oh, after what happened in the Big 12 championship, you watch. OU's going to roll Oklahoma State, and they're going to win that series 2 nothing." Well, I still think it's going to be those two teams in the championship series, and I still think OU's going to win the national championship, but... I'm, I mean, I'm not as aggressive on, oh, yeah, OU's just going to roll Oklahoma State twice after seeing how well Oklahoma State's playing right now. They are, they're legit. They're a really good team. Uh, they're good in the circle, good uh, defensively, good uh, offensively. They're, they're going to be tough if that's the matchup. A bedlam matchup for the national title is best case scenario for the sport of softball. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Oof, that's about as much as you can ask for. Uh, text line says, hiding from my wife right now and listening. <laughs> why, why are you hiding from your wife? Are you, in serious, are you in serious trouble? Are you supposed to be doing honeydews right now around the house? Are you, are you on vacation with the wife and not supposed to be on your phone? That's me next week, by the way. Hopefully I can uh, live up to my end of the bargain. I would like to know more uh, from this number in the 918 on why you're hiding from your wife and listening. Greg from Lawton says, my four schools to I would take an official visit to as a solid OU lean, Hawaii, Arizona State, Ole Miss, and San Diego State. I've, uh, I've wanted to go to San Diego for a long time now. Haven't been able to uh, make that happen. I don't know anything about San Diego State's campus, but just being in San Diego itself I'm sure is pretty legit. Have I ever been to San Diego? I'm trying to think now. I don't know that I have. Been a lot of places in California, but never San Diego. They played at the old Qualcomm Stadium. I think they bulldozed Qualcomm Stadium, they, right? They did. They did indeed. I think San Diego State was the last tenant of that building before it was bulldozed, and then the city was finally like, okay, we'll, we'll build you a new stadium. Yeah, we, we lost the Chargers. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll build San Diego State, maybe something. I don't know. I, I, I still have to resist the urge to call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers. I have no problem calling the Raiders the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, it's seared into my brain that the Rams are the Los Angeles Rams. But the Chargers will always be the San Diego Chargers to Yeah, me. Yeah, and they didn't really accomplish all that much in San Diego and probably uh, will continue to do the same out in L.A. if, uh, if I had to take a guess. I looked at the radar um, in the state of Florida, specifically around the Gainesville area, and there's kind of there's small storms all around the area, Parker. So it may not be raining right now, or it may not even be lightning in Gainesville. I don't know, but it's probably one of those situations where, well, we can't take the tarp off. We can't get ready to play again because there's all these storms in the area, and we don't know what the next couple of hours is going to look like. So this really could be a lengthy delay between OU and Florida. It's been delayed about, what, about an hour now? It's been delayed about an hour now. OU's down 2-1 to one in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, nobody on and no outs. And as Parker and I were saying, hopefully this is a big uh, momentum swing in OU's favor where we go back and say, well, that rain delay changed everything. 
and it's maybe the reason why OU won that regional is off to the Supers now. That's the hope. Well, let's hope so. Hey, you know what? At this point, I'm just like, bring out the wood bats and play through the rain. Yeah. yeah. Get this thing over with. I want to know. I want to know whether the Sooners are heading to the Supers or whether it's all going to end tonight. What I don't want is to still be sitting here at this time tomorrow and the resumed game is being played. Yeah, nobody on wants that. On a Tuesday that. afternoon. Yeah, you, you don't want that, especially with both teams having to go on the road, whoever wins it for a Super Regional. Now, you know, a, a little bit easier for Florida, right, just to head up to Blacksburg, Virginia, and take on Virginia Tech. I mean, that's a lot shorter trip. If, if this game gets delayed until tomorrow, which I don't think it will, by the way, OU's got to stay there an extra day and then come back home and then go to Blacksburg, Virginia. That's not ideal, but, hey, who, if you're going to a Super Regional – who probably uh, cares about any of that? Did you put any new crystal balls in after the uh, the weekend? I don't think I did. I think all the guys. Yeah, I, I'm gonna double check on this. Obviously, Steve put one in for Jacoby Johnson to OU, but I'd had that one in since last July. Um, I think the most recent one I put in was Cade McIntyre to Oklahoma. He's gonna be on the official visit starting Wednesday. And I do believe that there's a very, very good chance he commits to Oklahoma while on the visit. He may take the rest of his officials, but look, he's a three-star, and Oklahoma's spots are going to fill up quickly, regardless of which side of the ball he wants to play, whether that's tight end or whether that's linebacker. <laughs> there's no room for him at linebacker, right? There's no room for anybody at linbacker right now. There might not be room for Phil Picciotti at linebacker right now if some of these big-time dudes decide they want to commit. So I think Cade McIntyre plays tight end at Oklahoma. I've said that before. And with the Sooners in play for Reed Mikeska and also looking at potentially – bringing in Jackson McGowan and Marcus Dixon for official visits, I think Cade McIntyre is probably going to want to lock in his spot with Oklahoma, especially given that his whole family is a whole bunch of Sooner fans. Five-star linebacker Anthony Hill Jr. out of Denton, Texas, was on campus this weekend for the Champion Barbecue. Uh, he put something out yesterday, cool little little video of just you know Owen Field, him being at the barbecue and everything else. One of the highest priority targets that OU has on the board. Did OU make any headway here with Anthony Hill Jr.? Is, does that situation change at all? Or is it tough to tell? <sighs> I, just, I can't make myself buy it. I can't. It's kind of the same deal with Richard Young, right? I will acknowledge there is a chance Oklahoma gets David Hicks. There is a significantly greater than zero chance. I think if it's not A&M for Hicks – it's going to be Oklahoma. And I think they're close to 50-50 right now, although I still give the edge to a With Anthony Hill, man, I have never been able to talk myself into him ended up anywhere other than Texas A&M. And with Richard Young, I've never been able to talk myself into him ending up anywhere other than Alabama. So that's, that's where I stand with those two recruitments. Those obviously were the only two five-stars on campus this weekend for Oklahoma. Just not convinced that Oklahoma is going to end up landing either of them. Yeah, well, I you take your chances with them. I mean, you definitely have them on campus. You're in somewhat of the running, and you're hoping a weekend like that can uh, turn the tide. But is it fair to say that if the tide was really going to be turned, you would probably feel it after a weekend visit like this? Or yeah, you'd think so. You'd you think you, so. He starts to hear and feel something. Yeah, and look, if you don't take the lead after your official visit for Anthony Hill or Richard Young, odds are they're probably gone. Because if they want to come back to Oklahoma at that point, they got to do it on their own dime. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we will uh, continue to monitor that situation. But, hey, a lot of good news coming out of this weekend, though. Uh, Keon Brown, four-star wide receiver out of Tallahassee, Florida, 6'3", 190. Got a Bama offer, Florida State offer, Auburn offer, Miami offer. That is your um, – it's your lone public commitment of the week, but Parker was kind of hinting that there is definitely a possibility where some uh, silent commitments could or even have already rolled in for OU yeah, this weekend. I mean, weekend. look, ne- next couple months are going to be fun. Yeah. They'll be fun. Jocelyn Allo just hits a single, and wow. Wow. Uh Jada Coleman just scored all the way from first. On a single? She hit a single, but the center fielder kind of bobbled it, misplayed it a little bit. Uh, she scored, Coleman scored all the way from first on that. So OU's now up seven to nothing in the top of the fourth inning and get inching closer to run rule territory here. And Jocelyn Allo is a triple away from the cycle, right? Double uh, in the first, homer in the second, yep, yep. single in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's exactly right. And she is now officially hitting over 500 on the season after oh, this gosh. single. So it is uh, quite unbelievable what she's been able to do this season for sure. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I see your text on more info on some of these recruits coming out of the weekend. We'll do that. We'll update you on OU baseball, OU softball as well. You know what we're talking about? Not boring you with the NBA. You don't care about the NBA. You care about OU. That's why you're here. So keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Monday. Tyler McComas inside the Brown O'Haver studio. Parker Thune is along with me this week because Teddy Lehman is on vacation. I'm looking on Florida's baseball Twitter account. I'm looking at OU Baseball's uh, Twitter accounts. We've been in, in a rain delay over an hour in Gainesville, and there's still no updates. Still well, no updates. Toby actually just tweeted that the teams – have been told to expect a restart around 5 p.m. Eastern time, which is oh, okay. in about half an hour. So I guess that's good news. Yeah, yeah. He says the team has been told to anticipate a restart around— Oh, 6 around p.m. Dang it. 6 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 5 p.m. Central. Um, I, I guess it hasn't rained there, but lots of close lightning in the area. So first word we hear is potentially— a 5 p.m. restarts. That means OU would be at the plates, nobody on, nobody out in the top of the seventh inning. Two down outs. Two to one. Two oh, there, oh, there the is seven. two outs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I thought that they were starting with the clean slate in the top of the yeah, seventh. Nope. Makes it a little bit tougher. You got seven outs at the end of your season to make something happen. What if it ends today? Do you Does that qualify as a successful season? Or oh, no? absolutely. This team's already massively exceeded expectations. They didn't hit the 500 barrier a year ago. This has been a masterful coaching job by Skip Johnson to get them to where they are today. And look, the reality, Tyler, is that Skip Johnson is a pitching guru. That's his lane. That's his wheelhouse. And for the Sooners to be where they are today, not on the strength of pitching, but more on the strength of some ridiculously hot bats, that says a lot about Skip and his coaching staff and the work that they've been able to do with these hitters over the course of the season because – Look, nobody figured as late as, like, early April that this team was going to be in a regional. They just kind of seemed like an also-ran in the Big 12. Yeah. And so for them to get hot like this down the stretch, for Peyton Graham to be playing the type of baseball that he is playing, to have guys like John Spikerman and Wallace Clark explode out of nowhere midseason – 
and become regulars in this lineup. Kendall Pettis has been outstanding in this regional. Jimmy Crooks, were it not for Peyton Graham, would be the hottest hitter on this team, and it wouldn't be close. So many guys have chipped in in significant contributing roles for Oklahoma, and it's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to every one of those guys, and it's a credit to the entire team and a team that has shown an ability to stay together despite the ups and downs and to peak at the right time. So, yes, I think this is a successful season. I think Joe Castiglione should move to extend Skip Johnson after the season that they had this year because if they can keep the nucleus together – and look, I think Peyton Graham's going to the MLB draft. Jimmy Crooks probably is too. You're going to have to replace those two guys at least in addition to Tanner Treadaway. But if you can reload – and you can maintain some of your existing nucleus and retain key contributors like Spikerman and Pettis and Clark and Blake Robertson, you're going to have a chance to go just as far, if not farther, next year. Is it a successful season if, you know, they, they um, you know, the last seven outs, they don't score and, you know, all that and, and they don't win? In, in terms of past results, it's a successful season. Um, this will be the best year they had since, you know, Sonny Galloway was on campus, right? But w- even with that being said, it's going to be an incredibly frustrating ending because you were so hot, you were playing so well, you were in the golden situation in that regional and didn't come through and win. And then you look back at the the blown leads in some games and the 18 nothing loss to, to Wichita State. I mean, th- there were some obviously some really good moments this year. You made it deep into a regional. You won the Big 12 baseball tournament and all that. Um, I, I think immediately, though, it's going to be tough to realize that if, if they don't end up winning today. I, I think there's going to be a lot of upset people if they don't come back and win this baseball game. I mean, sure, it'll leave a sour taste in some folks' mouths. But let's be honest. What, what is this team working with? right now in terms of the pitching staff. The staff that Oklahoma has right now, the bullpen that they have right now, does not remotely approach what they had two years ago in 2020 when they absolutely would have gone to Omaha. That team was going to go to Omaha were it not for COVID-19. They had Cade Cavalli, Dane Acker, and Levi Prater. All, the, all three of those guys went off the board in the first four rounds of the MLB draft in June of 2020. You looked at the bullpen – very similar story. Jason Ruffcorn was obviously the ace, but they got key contributions from Jarrett Godman. Legend Smith was – I'm trying to think. I'm having to rewind my brain two years to recall who else uh, was contributing out, out of Oklahoma's bullpen. But the point is, pitching was very much a strong suit, uh, strong suit for this team two years ago. Here in 2022, it's not necessarily a weakness, but they're not nearly as deep as a pitching staff, as they were in 2020. They've gotten the meat and potatoes of their contributions from the Hill from four guys. Trevin Michael, out of the bullpen. He's been the ace of the back end. But mostly this rotation has relied on David Sandlin, and it's relied on Kate, well, Kate Horton most yeah, recently. Yeah, he's, he's been Ch- great. Late. Chaz Martinez got a lot of run in the early stage of the season, and then obviously Jake Bennett has been fantastic. But if you can get deeper as a pitching staff in 2023, again, you can go just as far, if not farther. Yeah. Uh, I am excited about the future, but blowing this regional will be brutal. Why can't we compete with Texas every year in baseball? Well, yeah. I'll say that you did this year. I mean, you split the four games that you played against them, and – 
I I know you can't do the the if game when it comes to college baseball, but if you don't blow that massive lead in Game 3 in Arlington, you take three out of four from the Horns this year. But I do understand the overall point. Texas is a you know has been a much more successful baseball gr- program. They also put in a lot more in their baseball program. Exactly. So that's, that's a boils, big factor. It boils down to monetary investment and facilities right now because Oklahoma's facilities for being a Power 5 baseball program are minimal and they are somewhat outdated. Texas has poured a lot of money into their program to ensure that they have top-end facilities and accommodations for their players. So if this season and the success that the Sooners had can result in some additional financial investment from donors, from boosters, from those with the power to make meaningful change in that regard – then maybe Oklahoma gets to a point in the not-too-distant future where they're on par with Texas every single year. The the nice thing, Tyler, and what encourages you about the future of the OU Athletic Department as a whole is that money is flying in right now, and that has a lot to do with Muleshoe. A lot of OU fans should be thanking Muleshoe for what he did, not just for the OU football program, uh, necessitating the addition of Brent Venables, but for what he did for the entire athletic he fired department. everyone up. Yeah, there's exactly. no doubt about that. And, and, and Brent Venables has fired everyone up too about the, you know, the the overall athletic program and especially the football program yeah. for sure. So hey, the year 2022 has the opportunity to be a boon for Oklahoma athletically. Carson Atwood has done a pretty good job as well. That's on the text line. Um, back to recruiting. Someone wanting more information on PJ. I'm guessing they're meaning PJ Atabare. Yes. I mean, look. The reality of the situation is OU has had a sizable lead in his recruitment for some time. I put in my crystal ball in March. Nothing has really changed. PJ is not planning on taking an official visit to Iowa. He took an OV to Northwestern more so than anything because his brother goes there right now. But the two officials that he was serious about were the officials to Oklahoma and Georgia. He never gave Texas A&M the time of day, never gave USC the time of day, never really gave Michigan the time of day. Certainly didn't give Nebraska the time of day. So OU and Georgia, that was always what it was going to be for P.J. once it became clear that his interest in Iowa was waning and he just never really had confidence that Northwestern was going to pull a prospect as good as he is. Now the interesting thing is that in talking to P.J. yesterday, it seems that Georgia has maybe seen the writing on the wall here. Sure. And they've been a lot less enthusiastic and frequent in their communication with him lately. And so Not because how good of a player he is. No. It's but, it's just because they see like, yeah, yeah this this one they, looks pretty they, OU here. Yeah, they understand he's very heavily leaning on Georgia Oklahoma would Oklahoma love right to have PJ at a bar. Everybody I, would I love to have PJ at a bar. And so uh, if that visit happens this weekend, fine. Doesn't change my opinion of the recruitment. If it doesn't happen, man, if he decides to pull that visit off the schedule, it might be a matter of days before he's locked in with OU. Yeah. Uh, OU softball in the top of the fifth right now, up 7 nothing over UCLA. So here's the situation. OU gets a run in the top of the fifth inning, and UCLA does not score in the bottom half. Well, OU is going to... Roll on to a run rule win. Grace Lyons just got hit by a pitch. So, runner at first, nobody out 
What a response that would be after losing to UCLA 7-3 earlier today. If they come back and run rule UCLA in the next game, gee, that, that's about as championship of a response as uh, what you could ask for. And this team is all about championship responses, as we know. Again, that OU baseball game, Toby saying that uh, what both teams have been told maybe around 5 p.m. Central is when that game can resume. If uh, we hear anything else, we're sure you will pass that along. But if you're listening to us right now on 1400 AM in Norman or the Ref app, uh, as soon as that game is back up and going, uh, we're going to send you back out to Gainesville for the final three innings of that game. Until then, interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. More coming up next on The Rush. Bases loaded, nobody out in the top of the fifth inning in Oklahoma City. OU at the plates. 7-0 lead over the UCLA Bruins, so OU very, very close now to a run rule win over the UCLA Bruins, which that would put them in the championship series game one Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. OU would play the winner of Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas got to beat Oklahoma State twice today to move on to the championship series. Yeah, UCLA won game one, uh, seven to three. First time all year OU's been out-homered in a game. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, and you know who had two of the UCLA homers is Tom, Tom Brady's niece. Yeah, Maya Brady, five RBIs. Uh, Tom is her uncle, a couple of home runs. And we thought, oh boy, all the pressure's on OU now. Uh-oh, back's against the wall. Hope Troutwine's going to pitch, but, gee, she's got all the pressure in the world on her right now. Yeah, a little over an hour later, OU is on the verge of uh, of run-ruling UCLA. So, that's what elite teams do. They respond in uh, in big ways. And it, this shouldn't be in a surprise to anyone, Parker. It seems like OU softball is always responding in a way like this, whether the pressure is on, off, what, I mean, whatever. They always, always, always seemingly come through when they need to. Yeah, did it again today. You know, very similar dynamic when you look at college baseball. Every single year, as I look at the regional field, I convince myself that, hey, this is going to be the year that some of the little fish get to Omaha. Of course, Stony Brook in 2012 is always the yeah. prototypical example. Fresno that comes to State mind. won it all in 2008. Yes, maybe yes, 2007, 2008, whenever that was. Yes, and uh, but. <laughs> Then, inevitably, what ends up happening is all the exact same teams sure, that yeah. make it to Super Regionals every single year end up back in the Super Regionals. Southern Miss hosted a regional. I thought, okay, great, Southern Miss, that's a nice change of pace. No, they're going to lose to LSU, and LSU's going to be back in the Super Regionals. Uh, Texas State won their first two games of the Stanford Regional. I was thinking, okay, Texas State, I can get behind this. The little guy showing Missouri up. Missouri State was up twelve nothing yesterday. Missouri on State was State. up twelve nothing and managed to lose that game by fourteen <laughs> runs. Oh my god! UConn, the University uh. of Connecticut, was on the verge of winning a regional, but now they got to play a winner take all game against Maryland tonight. VCU has given North Carolina all that it could handle in the Chapel Hill regional, but those two teams are playing a winner take all. Thankfully, UCLA lost, so we don't have to worry about UCLA getting back to Omaha. I just <laughs> I want to see something different in Omaha, Tyler, because it seems like every single year it's like Miami and Texas Tech and Arizona and Louisville and Florida yeah. and Arkansas. Louisville's it's all the same out. teams. Louisville's getting beat by Michigan. Year. They're about to be out. Uh, back-to-back singles. OU's now up 10 nothing. 
Uh, runners on first and second with nobody out, so, uh, man. Come on now. Talk up Coastal Carolina and UC Santa Barbara. Coastal Carolina did make a run a, a few years ago, so oh, that is very well, see, Here's the thing, though, and that was fantastic. I enjoyed watching that immensely. Uh, I went to the Game 3 because, if you recall, the Game 3 was postponed from Tuesday night to Wednesday afternoon, so most everybody had already left town because they couldn't change their travel arrangements. So I was out of school. I was still in high school at the time. And me and a couple buddies went to that game. We sat right behind home plate. It was a very sparsely attended game, but it had everything you wanted. It was a 4-3 game in the bottom of the ninth inning. Arizona got the bases loaded, and Coastal's pitcher came up with a strikeout to close the deal. And Coastal Carolina came up with uh, the title, their only national title in any men's sport to date, I believe, maybe any sport at all. But that wasn't really – they weren't really a Cinderella. If you watched that team that year, they were a juggernaut. Yeah. They were a team that belonged in Omaha, and they showed they belonged. And Andrew Beckwith, wasn't that fun? He pitched – it felt like he pitched just about every single inning for Coastal that year. Bases loaded uh, still – or, again, I should say, for OU, nobody out. I, I've been able to do a lot of cool things sports-wise in my life. Very blessed in, in that regard. Blessed in many regards in my life. Never attended the College World Series in Omaha. Really? And everyone that goes says, oh, my gosh, dude, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's awesome. So, as an Omaha native, you basically have to tell me that the College World Series is awesome. So, are you going to tell me just that, that it's amazing and I need to make my way up to Omaha someday? Is it one of the cooler sporting events you've ever gone to? It is awesome. And it's one of those things you have to do once. And, you know, if you're not if you're not a person that has the patience to watch a baseball game in I person. Do. Okay, well, and then, yeah, you'll really enjoy it. Most people don't these days. The human attention span has become very short. And so I think it's lost a lot of luster with my generation in particular. Uh, by the way, looking at this bracket across college baseball, it's really funny because on one side of the bracket, you have seven of the eight super regional tickets punched, and on the other side, you have none. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of games going on today. Uh, LSU's up 3 nothing on Southern Miss. Of course, we're waiting for that OU-Florida game to get back underway. Maybe at 5 o'clock Central, we'll see OU down 2-1 to one at the plate in the top of the seventh inning, but... Yeah, a whole lot of games being played today in uh, college baseball. And OU up 10 nothing with the bases loaded, nobody out in the top of the fifth in, uh, in softball. Tickets How punched so far to Super Regionals in baseball. Tennessee, Notre Dame, East Carolina, Texas, okay. Texas A&M, Louisville, and Virginia Tech who will face the winner of that OU-Florida game. Interesting. So we got some, uh, we got some fun names in there, but... Some East of the Carolina, I can, I can see myself rooting for, especially since they're going against Texas in the Supers. Uh, no doubt about yeah. that. All right, uh, hour number two of the rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Unbelievable. You don't ever want to be the guy that speaks too soon because the text line says, shut up, you're going to jinx it. Well, even I can't jinx this one. Jocelyn Allo over the break hits a grand slam. Because, of course, she does. Because of course she does, and OU now leads it fifteen to nothing over uh, over UCLA. I think you can go ahead. D- do your best to jinx this one, Tyler. Yeah, I'm pretty talented if I can jinx this one. UCLA had all the momentum going into this game. OU had all the pressure heading into this game. Oh no! If they don't 
they don't win this game, this is always going to be looked at as, man, this is the one that got away. How did that team, how did maybe Patty's best team not win a national championship? Why did she pitch Nicole May in game one today? Yeti, yeti, whatever. OU is up 15 to nothing right now and about to run roll UCLA. Incredible. It's a very, very applicable juncture for that Thanos, I am inevitable gif. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> seriously. It is just inevitable. And the inning's not over. There's still nobody out in the top of the fifth inning. <laughs> OU has scored uh, eight runs this inning. And there's still nobody out. Now, granted, the, the bases are cleared finally after Jocelyn Allo's grand slam, but we may not be done yet here in the uh, top of the fifth inning. So let's let's recap here. Single, double, two homers, five RBIs now for Jocelyn? Um, oh, no, no. The other homer was the three-run homer. Seven yeah, RBIs. Seven RBIs, yes, at least. It's crazy, man. She's she's the best hitter that this sport has, has ever seen, and – it's a pretty cool tradition they have at the Women's College World Series where when you hit a home run, the usher goes and gets the ball and hands it off to the parent. Uh-huh. Jocelyn Allo and T.R.A. Jennings' parents are leaving with a lot of softballs this weekend. Yes, they're, they're going to need like one of those uh, what the, the drawstring backpacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. And here comes T.R.A. who's uh, hit, hit a three-run home run in the top of the first inning. So life is good right now for OU softball. Everyone done freaking out? Everyone was freaking out there for a little bit, all right? And I even got to admit, I was a little nervous going into this game, but the uh, nerves were calm pretty quickly after that three-run bomb. Hey, can we, can we talk about something completely different here for a second? Yeah. Deshaun Watson's up to an even two dozen sexual assault allegations. Jeez, I know. I mean, nice job, Cleveland Browns, seriously. Um, so there's a radio station in Houston, 610 Sports. Okay. And I know a guy that does the morning show there. And Deshaun Watson's uh, lawyer was on the show, I think it was last Friday, and he basically said, happy innings are okay, happy innings are only bad if you pay for it. <laughs> Which is like, what? What? That, what? Okay, that's, that's what you're going to say at this time? Publicly? That's, that's what you're going to do? Really, as the lawyer of Deshaun Watson, that's how you're going to choose to play this thing. It's an interesting legal strategy. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> whether you think that's morally right or or if you think that that's true, why would you say that at this time? What are you doing? So, man? like, is he is he done trying to acknowledge or is he done trying to impress upon everyone that Deshaun Watson didn't actually sexually assault I, anyone? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do now, but I don't know. I'm more and more likely that he's not you know, going to be eligible for the start of the season. Blaine just DM'd and said, Mike Lupica just tweeted that the University of Oklahoma has no respect for the game or for other teams. I don't know if that's a joke or not. I'm guessing that that is, but it also would not surprise me if Mike Lupica looked up at the softball game and said, oh, the audacity of Oklahoma again to run up the score. Yeah, sit down, nerd. Um, They're just playing the game. As Missouri State found out the hard way a couple days ago, Running up the score can be in your best interest because sometimes a lead that seems safe exactly. is absolutely not safe. Exactly. That take was bad. Uh, what was that now? 19 years ago, and it's it's still bad today from Mike Lupica. What was the take? Refresh my memory. Well, here. that OU was – I have the audio of it, but he was basically, you know, coming down on OU for running up the score on Texas A&M, the 77 nothing game back they in 2003. They didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. There was a running clock. They literally told the offensive lineman to fall down by the goal line. Yeah, it was complete crap. 
It was it was terrible. He, he didn't even watch the game. He just looked up at the score and said, oh, "What? Oh, what? Seriously?" Watch the game, Mike. Maybe you had a, a, a different take. Your take should have been how embarrassing for the Texas A&M football program that uh, a team had to go with a running clock and fall down at the goal line so they wouldn't put up 80-plus points on you. That's the real takeaway here, Mike. What's the, Is it still 15-0? to Yeah, still 15-0. to Finally. Have they recorded an out? There's two outs now okay. recorded. Okay. And this just feels like one of those moments, Parker, where – you know, your back's up against the wall, and you come out on the other side, and you come out winning 15 to nothing against UCLA. I, uh, I've always felt good about this team winning a national championship, but this is one of those moments where you say, oh boy, are they even going to kick it now to a different level? Well, and consider the fact that they just responded to a loss by turning around and hammering that very same team that beat them. So yeah. if you're Oklahoma State and or Texas – Realistically, what do you think the odds are that you can beat this team two out of three? Yeah, good luck. You got you, you may be able to beat them once. You Maybe. may. And Texas and Oklahoma State have beat OU once. But they haven't been able to beat them twice in a three-game scenario, or any scenario for that matter. Um, so good luck to you with the way that this team is swinging the sticks. UCLA got them off balance for one game. But you sorted the same pitcher that kept them off balance, and then look what happened. And what? Hang on. Consider this for a moment. What does it say about this OU softball program that the only three teams that have beaten them all year are the only other three teams still alive? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a great point. That's a, that's that's exactly right. Um, this is the most runs UCLA has allowed all year long, and it's not even close. I would think so. Nothing. And you know, I'll remind everyone: UCLA is not a Johnny Come Lately in this sport. They are. One and two with OU right now for best college softball programs. They don't have the second best team this year, but if we're talking about best college softball programs, it's Oklahoma one and it's UCLA two. And this is not one of UCLA's best teams, but clearly they're really good. They made this deep of a run in the Women's College World Series. They're, they're really, really good. And for OU to clown them like this in game two says says a lot, man. So you beat Texas along the way to the championship series. That was sweet getting revenge, Parker. You beat the second best program in UCLA, probably 15-0. OU's got three more outs to get. And you might play Oklahoma State to avenge your or uh, to avenge your uh, loss in the Big 12 championship game in the championship series. So this could be a very memorable run, another very memorable run for uh, OU softball as uh, we get closer and closer By to the championship way, series. Uh, Baseball update from our own Toby Rowland. The wind has picked up in Gainesville. In the booth, I can smell the waft of a unique combination of rain, salt, popcorn, essential oils, hope, and despair. Hmm. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad I, thing. I I mean, I'm getting mixed messages. The popcorn from that part made me think it was a good thing. Getting mixed signals here from Toby's tweet. But. Uh, again, last update we have is that the teams are expected to hit the field again around 6 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 p.m. local time here in the state of Oklahoma. So the Sooners, when play resumes, have two outs in their half of the seventh inning, down 2-1. to one. Text line says, screw Mike Lupica. Yes. Hey, well, <laughs> very true. <laughs> 405-651-3439. What is uh, Mike Lupica doing these days? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's retired. Um, I don't really – if he writes or – I don't see him on TV or anything like that. But with those terrible takes, he should be hosting a, a studio show on ESPN. I mean, feels like he would fit in that network pretty nicely. The uh, 
The two and a half that we set last weekend for the Champion Barbecue. Yes. One commit is official. Four-star wide receiver, uh, wide receiver Keon Brown out of Tallahassee, Florida. Do you feel the same, better, or worse uh, for the overhitting on that two and a half? Let me say this. I, And let me preface this by saying I might know a few things <laughs> that I'm not 100% allowed to disclose. So that's what that, this is why I'm going to phrase this the way I'm phrasing it. I feel worse about the overhitting. I feel better about the Sooners' perspective recruiting class as a whole. Because I think they made a ton of progress this week, and I think they sold a few guys that maybe weren't sold on Oklahoma before as a legitimate destination. But knee-jerk reaction, if we're not counting Keon Brown, which in all technicality we really can't since he was at the champion sure. barbecue, I don't think right now that the over on 2.5 will hit by next Monday. I think some of these guys will be a little bit more gradual in making their decision. But if the casual fan knew all of what went on behind the scenes this past week, I think they would safely conclude that it's okay if that over doesn't hit. Uh, give me a hint there on that. Just a lot of people really like the visits or just – it was, wow, this is a totally different program right now than it was six months ago or eight months ago, whatever the timeline's like. What, like, what was just the kind of the overall feel there? Yeah, different is a word I've heard echoed a lot. And I, I, I think it says a lot about where Oklahoma is as a program where they can convince a guy like Keon Brown to, co to commit more or less sight unseen when you're talking about official visits over a program like Alabama. And his hometown program, Florida State, which gave him his first ever offer. Getting Keon Brown is a statement for Jeff Levy and this Oklahoma staff. Yeah. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it feels like when they feels like they have the real ability to lure in commits in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. You know, for, for a staff that we talk about is very low pressure when it comes to commits at this time of the year. Um, this is one that if they are still low pressure, and I'm going to going to guess that they are, you, you get a kid that got a Bama offer right after his OU offer, and he's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm going to go to OU." That's 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 pretty impressive, man. Let me just I'm I'm going to run through this list real quickly of the guys that were in town for the Champion Barbecue this past weekend, and let me just tell you, and I I, I won't elaborate because I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but let me go ahead and tell you how many of these guys I think Oklahoma is legitimately the leader for. So, not in the top group, not occupying the Peloton, but the school that is in the lead in the recruitment. I think they are in the lead for Peyton Kirkland. They're in the lead for Caden Green. That's not a secret. That's two good offensive linemen, by the way. Yes. I think they took the lead this weekend for Jalen Kilgore, three-star safety, soon-to-be four-star, out of the state of Georgia. They lead for Jaquazy Petaway. Yeah. That is real. Good wide receiver. That is real. wide receiver, correct? Top 50 overall prospect Ooh. in the nation at wide receiver. Yes. They lead for P Phil Picciotti. They lead for Jacoby Johnson. I believe they lead for Makari Vickers. Right now, they lead for Tyler Turner, though that is subject to change with his Oregon official visit later this month. They certainly lead for Reed Mikeska, P.J. Adebaware, and Samuel Omasigo. That's a really good class, if all those are right. They lead for Dalen Smothers, and they lead for Dylan Edwards.
pair of running backs. Whoa, 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 whoa. They lead for Dylan Edwards. What'd you say? Yeah, huh? no, 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 no. I still believe that. Okay. No, yeah. no, I'm just I, I didn't know if now, how much this weekend changed anything on that front. Now, if you if you rank my confidence level on the guys I mentioned, Dylan Edwards is probably on the low end of the totem well, pole you mentioned in terms him of confidence. Last, maybe for a reason. Yeah. Not uh I think that one's a long way from being decided, and also that's just become a very onerous recruitment to cover because things change seemingly by the day. And talking to folks around the industry, there's kind of a consensus that, yeah, people people are pretty fed up with this recruitment. And I love Dylan Edwards. The kid is awesome. This recruitment has been mighty tedious. It seems like any time – and you hate to – judge a kid based on you know where he, he like his top three or top five is but fair or unfair Parker anytime you see a kid in his top three or top five drops and Jackson State is in the list I feel like I say to myself oh boy I can't even imagine the uh, circus that that recruitment is right now if you've got if, like if you're getting some serious D1 offers out there and Jackson State's in it it's like oh gosh I bet that recruitment's not a whole lot of fun to follow I would say right now, and look, I don't cover every school. I cover one school primarily. So I say this with a moderate degree of authority. I am not pretending to be an ultimate authority by any means. But I would say right now, the only recruitment across the country that is more hairy and unpredictable than Dylan Edwards is that of Jaden Rashada. And I'm glad I don't have to cover that one. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Really good quarterback, but... uh... A crazy recruitment right now, for sure. All right, uh, OU still leads UCLA 15-0 in the bottom of the fifth. UCLA has a runner at first with uh, one out. So OU two outs away from a big-time run rule win, which would send the Sooners to the championship series once again. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next. It's all over in Oklahoma City. OU softball wins 15-0 over UCLA. I was going back and looking at UCLA's past results. I was all the way back to 2012, Parker, and I didn't see a game where UCLA had given up 15 runs or more. So it's been in over 10 – that's the most runs UCLA has allowed in over 10 years. That's what OU softball did today. Hey, I want to uh, bring over an interesting conversation from the message boards. Yeah. Which are generally a cesspool, but every so often – Provide a forum for some interesting discourse, and this topic falls under that category. Is Jocelyn Allo the greatest Sooner ever? Okay, so how do we we judge that by national championships? We judge that by individual accolades. I mean, is that basically the two things that we have to go I on? I mean, it's like, got to be, right? Is there any other category that we need to consider before we go heavily into this? But, by no. the way, text line 405-651-3439. Hit us up there. Is Jocelyn Allo the greatest Sooner ever? Because she certainly has a case. And I think the one thing we have to consider here as we have this conversation, Tyler, is – How does that player stack up against not just the program greats and not just the rest of the contemporary world in their respective sport, but the greater landscape and history of that sport as a whole? Because I think there's little argument at this point. Jocelyn Allo is the greatest collegiate softball player ever. Yeah, I mean, definitely the greatest hitter ever. If you want to go greatest collegiate softball player ever, um, I mean, there, there's some names that you can definitely throw out there, and especially in the circle. But I, I, I'm cool with that, man. Um, here's what Jocelyn Allo has that 
what I guess no other OU player has. It's, you know, single-handedly she has, you know, the most well-known stat in her sport, which is home runs, right? Yes. She is the home run queen, and she shattered it. I mean, it's not like she has two more than Lauren Chamberlain. I mean, she's completely shattered that record, and I don't think that that record is ever going to be broken again. No. She's got the national championship. She's got two uh, players of the year back-to-back. If she's not, Parker, if she's not, then someone's going to have to present me one hell of a case for someone else. Now, if you just want to say accolades aside, who's the greatest Sooner ever? Like, when you think of greatest Sooner, Wayman Tisdale is definitely going to be in that mix. Um, you got Selman that's clearly going to be in that mix as well. Baker Mayfield will be in that mix. But if you really want to go by accolades and team championships – it's going to be hard to match up to someone like Jocelyn Allo. And, oh, by the way, she's not just done yet. She just set a Women's College World Series record for RBIs in one game with seven. So I, whatever record's out there, she probably holds it when it comes to offensive stats. Talk about going out with a bang, man. And obviously we don't know what she's going to do in the championship series yet, but for your season to be on the line in a game like that, and look, it was on the line. It was legitimately on the line for all of about – three minutes in that game but (laughs) for your season to be on the line to deliver a performance like that at the women's college world series that speaks volumes for the type of player that jocelyn allo is yeah and her her career is so fascinating um on multiple levels but the one that doesn't get talked about a whole lot that is being brought up after that espn cover story is she took a two-week absence from the team and in in her sophomore season she just found it to where she just didn't love softball as much as she used to. I guess chasing the record was really weighing on her. She didn't feel like she was being the best teammate. And Patty said, this isn't your decision. Take a couple weeks away. We'll reassess where we're at. And just think of a coach doing that. Think of an NFL head coach going to the best player and saying, all right, take two weeks off. This is not your decision. It's my decision. And we'll reassess things. Imagine Britt Venables doing that this year with someone on the team, anyone on the team that's a starter. Like, Patty Gasso doing that is completely unheard of, but it was absolutely 100% what was best for the athlete, and look what she's accomplished now. But that's unheard of, man, in major collegiate sports. The coach telling the player, you need to take some time off. You, you need to go be a normal human being for a little bit and then come back and we'll see where we're at. <laughs> An NFL coach, fans would be threatening to fire that guy if that thought even came into the mind of someone. But Patty did it, and it worked out for the best. And I also think, too, it, it was also the type of situation where with the empire that Patty Gasso has built at the University of Oklahoma, she could afford to let Jocelyn Allo have a couple weeks off, right? Because OU softball, sure, would they suffer a little bit in the absence of Jocelyn Allo? Obviously. But there's enough firepower where you're going to be able to compensate for Jocelyn Allo's loss or at least approximate the production that she was – given the Sooners at that point in time. But what she's done over the last two seasons in particular, man, is just astonishing. And by the way, <laughs> I saw the replay of the ball that she hit oh, in the, the second the, inning the on Twitter. The one down the left field line? Yeah, Good man. gracious. Yeah. Well, here's how here's how far she hit it. When I Because we're on the air, and I'm like, ooh, is that fair? It's foul. She hit it so, so deep, I was looking at the wrong foul pole. I wasn't looking at the actual foul pole that they use. There was a foul pole behind it that I saw, and I'm like, ooh, 
did that get? Oh, oh, that one doesn't even matter because it's like 50 feet behind the actual foul pole that matters at Hall of Fame Stadium. Jeez, she is incredible. And she is, she is definitely that athlete, Parker, that whether you're at the, at the park or you're just watching it on TV, whatever you're doing, once she steps to the plate, you stop whatever you're doing and, and you watch it because you expect greatness every single time. And she's hitting over 500 now. She's got over 30 home runs for the third season in her career. If she's not the greatest sooner, then Maggie Nichols has got to be up there, right? Absolutely. Ma- I mean, the, the female representation here for OU is going to be incredible when we talk about this. But to have the accolades and team championships of Jocelyn Olo is going to be tough for anyone else to match. But again, Air Coverage Solutions text line, if you got any thoughts, 405-651-3439. Allo has a 621 batting average thus far. That alone is greatness, yeah. Uh, Danny Hodge, possibly the greatest wrestler ever. How the athlete represents OU. Are we comfortable in saying that Jocelyn Allo has represented the university in a very positive way? I, I definitely feel like that's the case. Well, absolutely. I th- here's the thing. With regard to that conversation in particular, I think it's going to be hard for any athlete to supersede Baker Mayfield because he is he is widely regarded as the OU representative, right? He is the one that wears OU on his sleeve more so than any other athlete in the public eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Boz seemed like that type of player. Then, you know, some things happened with uh... – Boz in the years following. We don't need to talk about that. But, yeah, for sure. She um, – who who knows what – and here's the thing is, you know, as, as great as she's been, I feel like she's the type of player, Parker, that saves her best for last. You know? She mm-hmm. – and even though she has at most three games left in her OU career, something else special is going to happen here. And I don't know if that means a walk-off home run to win the national championship or – what exactly that means, but I promise you, I promise you, the seven RBIs that she had today and the Grand Slam, that's not the end of things. Jocelyn Allo, this type of player, all right, it's like pre-written, this type of player will do something incredibly special by the time it's all said and done. So if it's Oklahoma State or it's Texas, they better go ahead and uh, just consider walking her every single at-bat because I I feel like when she's up in a high-pressure situation in this championship series, she, she's going to deliver. By the way, this is OU's eighth championship series of all time, third consecutive championship series. They, uh, If they weren't already, they have elevated themselves as the best college softball program in the country. And I think that they already were that after winning the national championship last year, but there's no doubt about it now. After beating UCLA, the most runs UCLA has allowed in at least 10 years. I only, I've only gone back to 2012 to see UCLA's past results. There's a chance it may be the most runs UCLA softball has allowed ever. There, there's a chance of that. Um, OU's the greatest. They're the best softball program going right now. They are. The gap I, is widening if they close out the It's widening, well. and don't think that the run is just going to end after Jocelyn Allo walks out the door this year, after Hope Troutwine walks out the door this year, or next year when Grace Lyons is gone, or in three, four years when uh, Jordy Ball is gone. This is a run that's going to continue for a long time because they've been winning at a high level despite not having the best facilities, despite not being in the best conference. Well, the facilities are coming, and the conference is coming right now. 
they've been able to get virtually whoever they want, especially out on the West Coast, and that's only going to magnify as we move forward. Now, other schools in the SEC will continue to get better as the power seemingly shifts more and more to the Southeast, but OU ain't going away anytime soon. Baseball update on Twitter via T-Row. It's raining. The following conversation just happened between myself and a Florida fan when I went out to the concourse in my OU shirt. Gator fan, you from Oklahoma? Me, I am. <laughs> Gator fan, bet y'all haven't seen weather like this back in Oklahoma. And seen. Yeah, well, uh, it's been raining pretty heavily here the past couple weeks, so. Why does it have to be like that? Why does it have to be, oh, yeah, you've never seen anything like this before, have <laughs> no, because How no, do hey, you know? Hey, How do you know? Th- th- nothing happens in Oklahoma, Tyler. There's, there's not even any shopping in Oklahoma. Jeez. You ride a covered wagon to school. Uh, text line says she never got arrested in Arkansas. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair point. They are loaded with young talent. Get that stadium built, and it will be full for years to come. Uh, honest question, how could you not walk her too damn good? Well, I mean, the bases are loaded, <laughs> I, but, I mean, it's still might as, be. You might as well. Like the, uh, I think the only guy that's ever been – intentionally walked with the bases loaded multiple times is Barry Bonds. Yeah. But uh, Jocelyn Allen is the Barry Bonds of softball. She was part of the biggest growth of their sport while being the best player. That's a great point. Patty Gasso is Cobra Kai, no mercy. I think she might be the greatest OU athlete ever. Wow. Um, but if, 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 if she's not, then text line, here's your opportunity to at least present me with some names that can match up. Now, I want someone that can match her individual accolades and also has had the team success that she's had. Because I think you have to uh, put both of those into consideration. Those are important. Those are important. Two-time National Player of the Year, and she's the home run queen in all of college softball. Someone have better accolades than that? Going to be really, 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 really tough to match up with that. 405-651-3439. OU softball off to the championship series. Oklahoma State and Texas, game one. Of uh, that is at 6 p.m. tonight. OSU wins 1-2. We got Bedlam in the championship series. More to come next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. It is the rush live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune is in for Teddy Lehman this week. You got some thoughts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to that shortly as well as an OU baseball update, what time they're going to get back on the field. Hey, Jocelyn Allo's the story today in the 15-0 win over UCLA, and rightfully so, four for four, a couple home runs, including a grand slam. She has seven RBIs on the day. It was incredible. But don't let that distract you from the fact that Hope Troutwine was real good today against a UCLA uh, Bruin lineup that was really hot coming in this game. Five complete innings, zero earned runs from Hope Troutwine, and I believe she only gave up two hits today. So remember, after that game one loss, seven to three, oh, UCLA's got all the momentum now. They never trailed. Uh, OU got their back against the wall. Can they respond? Whoa, they got all the pressure here. Well, the offense responded, but Hope Troutwine responded too. And I can tell you this much, all right? Hope Troutwine getting the ball the rest of the way. All right. You it, think so? It ain't going to be any other scenario than that. Hope's getting the ball on Wednesday night in game one. Hope Troutwine will be getting the ball game two on Thursday night. And if the if necessary takes place, Hope Troutwine getting the ball game three on, on Friday. Yeah, I, look, man, I, I, I've, I've mentioned it many times on this show and the Diamond Envy podcast as well. 
You get G. Juarez vibes here. G. Juarez carried this team in the circle to a national championship last year. I get the vibe here. The only thing that um, – I guess the only thing that could come in between that is Jordy Ball did look good today. She looked a lot better than what she did last week in the circle. So potentially Jordy Ball gets the start in game two, but I'm not messing around. Hope Troutwine has four earned runs in three starts so far in the Women's College World Series. I'm starting her all three games, man, especially with the day off that they get tomorrow. Well, you're assuming it gets to three games, too. Well, <laughs> that means – right. I mean, seriously. It, I mean, look, you got horses, you ride them. And the Sooners horses this year have been Jocelyn Allo, T.R.A. Jennings, Hope Trout Wine, and Jordy Ball, more so than the rest. Those are the ones that OU's been able to count on. You can throw Grace Lyons in the mix as well. She's been fantastic at shortstop, but – those are the Sooners' best players, and when they're at the top of their game, and they certainly are. Tiari Jennings hit a home run today. Of course, we've talked ad nauseum about the day that Jocelyn Allo had, but the Sooners are in full stride right now. They are firing on all cylinders, and that's a scary thing for Oklahoma State or Texas, whoever ends up matching up with the Sooners in that best-of-three series for the national championship. Someone's got to beat them twice in uh, three days. Good luck to whoever that is, Oklahoma State or Texas. Uh, text line, they're scared to not pitch to her because OU Twitter will roast them on Twitter. <laughs> that is true. OU Twitter is so uh, <sighs> OU on Twitter, fire right uh, now. They're man. eager to go to battle, man. I, I feel like the uh, – the emotion that fuels OU Twitter has been heightened ever since Muleshoe ditched. But just in general, man, as a general rule and a general principle, OU Twitter doesn't mess around. No. No, no, they don't. Is Jocelyn Allo the best player ever? Text line says, oh, hell, she never won no Buckus Award. <laughs> uh, Leroy Selman, two national championships, and there should have been a third. Coaches say he was never blocked off his feet. I'll, I will listen to the Leroy Selman argument for, uh, for sure. Leroy Selman is probably uh, – that's the safe answer. If you want to like, if you want to dig up a hot take or you want to find a creative angle, that's fine. But the standard answer when it comes to the greatest Sooner of all time has to be Leroy Selman. So is Gasso the greatest OU coach ever? Well – much like is all of the best player ever, that's that's complicated. Now, Patty yes, Gasso is. is OU softball, right? I mean, she is OU softball. OU's had multiple head coaches in football that have been successful, which is one of the many reasons why they're a blue blood, but that's beside the point. But Patty Gasso is OU softball. So you have to give her credit with that, Parker, is that she – I, I, Marita Hines did some great things, so I don't I, I don't want to act like she's the only one that, that's done some great things, but – Patty Gasso for, you know, <laughs> decades now has been running things in college softball. Yeah. But Mark Williams uh, obviously has a ton of national championships as well. Barry Switzer only had three to Patty's current of five. But a lot of people would be like, no, nah, it's Barry by God Switzer is the best OU coach ever. Yeah, and you, that's, you know that's who hard never to... won a national championship but definitely doesn't get enough credit for the job that she did is Sherry Cole. Yeah. Because – OU was on the verge of canceling their women's basketball program when Sherry Cole took that job. So to do what she did during the quarter century that she was Oklahoma's women's basketball coach, uh, pretty dang impressive. Yeah. No, it's like it, it all depends on the angle at which you look at the conversation. And you can break this down a million different ways. I don't think anybody would argue, Tyler, though, that exactly what you said is correct. Patty Gasso is OU softball. You cannot disentangle Patty Gasso from 
And you cannot disentangle her legacy from the legacy of OU softball as a whole. You know, I was about to say, I don't know if she's the greatest head coach ever right now, but I was about to say, as I think that she will be by the time that she retires. One, I don't know when she's going to retire, and two, Mark Williams is still the OU men's gymnastics coach. Patty Gasso is literally the longest tenured OU athletic department employee. Like, she precedes Josie. That's how long she's been there. Yeah, she's putting out her best teams, man. Uh, what, okay, teams. back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. When I worked at Walmart, there were two curmudgeons. One was from Oklahoma and the other from Florida. They would argue about which state had the worst humidity. Well, that's a pretty awful thing to complain about. Like, would you, would you want to have that distinction, Parker? Is it important for the Oklahoman and the Floridian to uh, – or Floridian, I guess is how you say it uh, – to have the, the worst humidity out of the two? I don't know. It is kind of a badge of honor, but I don't. I Florida's pretty humid, though, man. Air Comfort Solutions text line. They only won this afternoon because of home. Ah, that's true. They <laughs> don't win fifteen nothing if this tournament is played on the West Coast. Yeah, well, they did play UCLA out on the West Coast earlier this year and did win that game. Just saying, it was like five to one or something like that. Oh, four to one, five to one, something like that. Oh, you control the game, but I know that that. I, I know that that text isn't serious. It's just in fun. But that narrative is so annoying, Gosh, man. This it is, is so annoying. This is awesome, man. We're about to get either Bedlam or the Red River Showdown for a national title in softball. Could things be any better? Well, you you already counting out Texas? Texas isn't winning tonight? No, I said we're either getting Bedlam or Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were already saying that uh, you are already counting on Bedlam being the case. Maybe that's just what my ears want to I, hear. I, I, I hope it's Bedlam. That, that's what I said earlier. I hope it's Bedlam. I think that is the best-case scenario for the sport of softball. But really can't go wrong at this point. OU OSU or OU Texas, pick your poison. I'd, I'd rather have Bedlam. Um, good luck getting tickets on the secondary market, by the way, if you don't already have them. If it's Bedlam in the championship series, um, those are going to be insane, man. Those, those t- especially, especially if it's an if necessary game three winner take all on Friday night. <laughs> Good luck affording those tickets on the secondary market. It's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. Travis Davidson says in all caps. By the way, home field advantage came into play in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where was it in game one? Uh, OU baseball. They've been delayed now for what Parker two hours in Gainesville. The Close OU, to it, yeah. OU baseball is down two to one. They're at the plate in the top of the seventh. Nobody on and two outs. Toby says, update from Gainesville. Weather guys say back end of storm moving through between 6.15 and 6.30 Eastern. Then however long it takes to get the field ready, maybe 7 Eastern. The team had a a sandwich delivered to the clubhouse, and they watched Jocelyn Allo knock out UCLA. So that's what's going on. So this weather delay may be even longer than we thought. But the hope here is that it turns the tide for, for the game. OU is down 2-1 to one and down to its final seven outs. Maybe a long delay is just what OU baseball needs to turn the tide and come back and win this game and uh, clinch that berth to the Super Regional. Jimmy in Tulsa asks, Boys, explain to me why May went today. Was Patty just okay with playing two or something? I, I think here's what it boils down to. You got your ace in the hole in Hope Trout wine. And if you can advance to the finals without having to use her, you do it. And if not... If you lose game one, like the Sooners did today, guess what? 
you know you got her going in yeah. game two, and you know you stand a really, really good chance of advancing. This narrative that Nicole May is not a good pitcher, hasn't been a good pitcher, is I think she had like the fifth highest ERA in the country. Right, right around that. Like she was top ten in ERA coming into this game today. Nicole May is a good pitcher. She's not as good as Hope Troutwine, and she's not as good as Jordy Ball when she's healthy. That I will definitely agree with. But Nicole May, by the numbers, she is a really good pitcher. And her last couple of starts were really good as well. She had a great start in Game 2 against UCF in the Super Regional. So I, I didn't have some huge issue with Patty starting Nicole May in Game 1, especially after what you said. Um, you had to get beat twice today. And if you did get beat in Game 1 like you did, well, you have Hope Troutwine ready to go, and Hope Troutwine throws out a, a two-hit shutout. So all, all is good in the world. Back to a championship All series. is well that ends well, folks. Yeah. All right, we'll close up our number two coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Monday. OU softball off to the championship series for the third consecutive season. Cavens, they can do it all. They're a five-tool player just like what OU has. 24-7 emergency repairs, commercial maintenance, uh, roofing. Uh, they, they can do it all. They are your single vendor solution. Office in Norman, they can help out the Oklahoma City area, Tulsa, Dallas as well. Check them out, cavensconstruction.com. Their Norman number, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. I can't believe that we're about to have a Nicole May discussion. We are having a Nicole May discussion on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but here we go. Uh, before today, May was the only pitcher to not lose a start. This one says, no one disputes May's numbers, but remember, she got knocked out of the game last WCWS against the Bruins, and it happened again. Not sure she is elite enough against the other great teams. It has merits. Okay, look, if you're going to tell me that you don't think that she can go win two out of three against Oklahoma State, like, what, what are we saying here, Parker? We're saying that she's not... And I'm not even sure that I'm not uh, that I'm like convinced of that. We, we have to remember OU's offense got four hits in the game that she started today. If OU's offense performs in game one like they did game two, Are we we're not really having this conversation right now. Could N Nicole May have been better in game one? Yes, absolutely. But the OU offense could have been a whole lot better as well. I, I think that there's some unrealistic expectations put on Nicole May, who's been OU's number three pitcher, by the way, for the majority of this year. Nicole May's just fine. Is this the most dominant Oklahoma team ever? That comes from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Look, I, recency bias aside, there are several of Barry Switzer's teams and several of Bud Wilkinson's teams that would like a word. Yeah, most dominant Oklahoma team ever. Um, the run rules are incredible. 15 nothing over UCLA is incredible. Look, here's the deal. Whatever category, whatever you want to do, Best is Jocelyn Allo the best player ever? Is Patty Gasso the best OU coach ever? Is this team the best OU team ever? Like whatever, they are all, they are in that conversation of every single one. You get with that? And in some, of course, to some, to some the answer is yes. The answer is not yes to all of those questions, but whatever you want to throw out there, best whatever. Yes, OU this OU softball team is in all of those discussions. It's in the discussion of best softball team ever. Um, I don't know if I'm going to end up putting them there. That 2013 OU team was really, really, really good. And it had a great one-two punch in the circle as well. But, yeah, it's in consideration 
for best uh, collegiate softball team of, of all time. But you got to finish the job. Got to finish up. Two more wins away from a national championship. And they're going to get a tough test for uh, who I think it's probably going to be Oklahoma State. What do you think has to happen for OU not to win that series? Um, Hope Troutwine, I mean, has to perform poorly. But I just – there's enough of a sample size here, especially in the Women's College World Series, to where is she going to shut out Oklahoma State in game one and game two? I wouldn't necessarily bet on that. But is Oklahoma State going to be able to manufacture more than four runs per game on her? That's going to be tough, man. That's the thing. She doesn't have to be perfect. She just has to be good. And she's been good and steady this entire, what, three games that she started. And it's been good enough every single time for OU to win in this tournament. That's the thing, man. It's it's such a luxury to be a pitcher when you have a lineup like this one because you know you don't have to be perfect, right? And I said it. At the very top of the 2 o'clock hour when T.R.A. Jennings hit that three-run homer. That's probably all Hope Troutwine's going to need. Yeah. This loss is hardly uh, – that loss is hardly May's fault. She gave up some runs. But just like OU, all pitchers that game gave up extra home runs and they just jumped on us for – yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, here's the deal. It's Hope Troutwine from here on out. She's getting the ball. This team wins the national championship. It's going to be because the Hope Troutwine's right in the circle. I promise you. Final hour's next. All right, final hour of the rush. We've got three main stories to get to. Let's get to them now. Story number one, OU baseball is down 2-1 to one in the top of the seventh inning. No one on and two outs. Winner take all to head to a super regional, OU in Florida. That game is currently in a rain delay, been in a rain delay for over two hours now. No set time on when that game is going to resume, but once that's uh, announced, we'll uh, pass that along to you. Story number two, OU softball, all right? Uh, lost game one today, 7-3. to three. Won game two, 15-0. OU is off to the championship series. I- any just uh, additional thoughts? It's, you know, what, what do they say? Big players step up in uh, big-time games, and Jocelyn Allo did just that today. Four for four, two home runs, one being a grand slam, seven RBIs. Just a memorable, memorable for performance for the uh, home run queen in uh, college softball. And, and it just, you know what I think it does, Parker? It really sheds light into how tough it's going to be for someone to beat OU in a championship series. Because you're going to have to beat OU twice in a three-game series. UCLA was able to beat OU once today. And they did it today by, what, they hit more home runs than OU. First game all year long that OU's been out-homered. And they did as good of a job as anyone's done this year in quieting OU's bats. Held them to just four hits. But to illustrate how tough it is to beat him again, you play him 30 minutes later, and UCLA gives up the most runs that they've given up in over 10 years. Yeah, and again, that game was over within 10 minutes with T.R.A. Jennings through on homer. You knew that was all the run UCLA support. UCLA knew that, too. That Hope Troutwine was going to need. Now, I want to pose this question to you, Tyler. Okay. Pretty obvious right now that Hope Troutwine's your game one starter. If the Sooners lose, do you come back with Troutwine again in game two or do you roll the dice and send Jordy Ball out there? I um, again, Jordy looked good. You know, she she gave up the three run home run. I think that was in the sixth inning today. But outside that, she's good. Uh, she she retired eight in a row at one point. She had four strikeouts in a relief appearance today. So, but all, with all that being said, Parker, I I think you go. I think you go with Hope Troutwine. Now it it depends on how she feels. 
if you throw her game one and OU loses, you ask her, like, are you good enough to go? Can you give us seven innings today if we need it? And if she says yes, yes, you, you throw Hope Trout Wine back out there. But, man, that, that depends so much. I mean, if OU loses game one because Oklahoma State scores 13 runs, then you obviously reevaluate that situation. You probably don't bring her back out if Oklahoma State scores 13 runs. I don't think that that situation's going to happen. But if OSU has a lot of success against her, maybe you throw out Jordy Ball. But I think your 1-2-3 now going in the championship series is Hope, um, Jordy Ball 2, and then Nicole May three, that's what I think your one two three looks like right now. Agree or disagree? I I I would agree with you. So basically, what you're saying is to sum it up: keep Jordy Ball in the dugout unless absolutely necessary. Um, is that the philosophy for this championship series? Because she like she's not a hundred percent. That needs to be acknowledged. She's probably pretty close to it, but she's certainly not a hundred percent. To make today made me feel a lot better uh, than I did. I mean, she looked a lot better than what she did last week. And granted, man, it was her first appearance back in all you know a month basically, and she only faced three hitters. It was a really small sample size, but we saw her turn it loose today. She cut it loose today, and she she looked pretty good. So I, I don't know. I, I if I had to guess, Parker. I say that Jordy Ball comes in in a relief appearance at least once in the championship series. I think you see two pitchers uh, against what I think will be Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be Hope Troutwine and Jordy Ball. Phenomenal text from Mike Howard on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. As to home field advantage, suck it. Where were they when we had to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl or LSU in the Sugar Bowl? It happens. Well, how, how about Florida in the Orange Bowl as well? I mean, that, that wasn't too easy when you had to play Florida in the 08 Orange Bowl. I mean, it was in the national championship game, but the thing was played in the Orange Bowl. So, yes, exactly right. Yeah, and by that logic, Creighton should be a perennial powerhouse in college baseball, right? They've been to the College World Series once. Hey, if someone wants to build as good or better of a facility – by all means. Sure. But it doesn't seem like anyone's rushing to do that right now. No one wants to do that. They just want to sit back and complain and come up with an excuse why OU's kicking everyone right now in college softball and is uh, turning into the premier program of the sport. Get over it. It has nothing to do with Oklahoma City. OU's been the number one team in the country all year long, and that's had nothing to do with Oklahoma City and the Women's College World Series being played at Hall of Fame Stadium. It's had nothing to do with it. So, Sit back, let him cry, let him make up an excuse. Probably a bunch of SEC fans out there that are so upset about it. Sorry, UCLA and Arizona are not the dominant programs anymore. It's Oklahoma. Get over it. Get used to it. I would get used to it if I were you because this run's not ending anytime soon. Come up with a better excuse if you need to, but OU's run is not coming to an end in the next three years. Sorry about it. They, has nothing to do with Oklahoma. They're fifty-eight City. and three this year. The majority of those wins have come on the road. Yeah, Kansas. And they've a, been dominant wins. Kansas in nineteen eighty-eight in Kansas City. Yeah, I think OU's owed this one. All right, so shut it. Uh, big story number three is the Champu Barbecue over the weekend. OU got one commit, Keon Brown. Uh, what is four-star receiver? Four-star receiver out of Tallahassee, Florida, and a kid you like quite a bit, Parker. Yeah, absolutely. Sizable, athletic, got a great muscular frame, six foot three, hundred and ninety pounds. This is your replacement for Ashton Cozart. 
what the Sooners were, what what they thought they were getting in Ashton Cozart, this is essentially what they are now getting in Keon Brown. And having talked to him earlier today, he's a thousand percent locked in. He's not going to be looking around. OU is, in his words, the best fit for him. And at this point, what I thought was really interesting, Tyler, and what Sooner fans should take note of is the fact that he shares the same hometown as high four-star cornerback Makari Vickers. Yeah. And he said now that he's on board with Oklahoma, his mission is to make sure that Makari Vickers jumps on board with him as well. The Sooners are already in the lead for Makari Vickers. Having Keon Brown as a peer recruiter, that could be what tips the They scales. played themselves into a really nice package deal. And sometimes when yeah. you're talking about package deals and recruiting, you're saying, well – this guy is really good. We want him. A lot of people want him. But we're kind of maybe taking this guy so, to better our chances with this. That's not the case here. Both of these players are really, really good, and they're both obvious takes here. But you did get one official commit over the weekend, and Parker's been hinting all day long that more are going to come in the next week, but maybe they're more on the, uh, on the private side. But when OU's got the... 37th overall class right now, and you ran down the list of Champion Barbecue visitors that you feel like OU is in the lead for. And if 90% of those names that you listed are right, I adamantly believe that OU will end up with a top 10 class and, and probably even a top 8 class. So how how do how was the Champion Barbecue this weekend? Well, it feels good right now, but you got a chance to even feel better about it in the next week. Fair to say? I would think so. And I, what's going to be of most pressing concern, I think, and the thing that's going to be worth watching this week is, does P.J. Adabari take that Georgia visit? Because if he does, I think he's still coming to OU. If he doesn't, he might be committed to OU in a matter of days. And that's going to be a big, big addition and one that builds a lot of momentum for Oklahoma going forward. He'll he'll probably be um, one of your top-ranked pl- uh, players in, in this class. So Yes. This is a kid that has climbed uh, the ranks this offseason. So, yeah, uh, he is legit, and that would be a big-time get. You don't ever want to count anything as a certainty in recruiting, Parker. No, no, you don't. Especially in the NIL era. But I'm pretty close to counting this one as a certainty for OU. It sounds pretty good with uh, – P.J. Atabare. Uh, all right, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Plain and simple, they're elite. There is no such thing as greatest. Elite status is so rare. I am more proud of the overall history in the major athletics programs. It's a great time to be a Sooner fan. Someone else uh, listed some amazing stats when it comes to Jocelyn Allo. She has more, um, I think she has more home runs than strikeouts this year. Is I'll, I'll Yeah, go 32 back home it. runs, 19 strikeouts. Jeez. And hitting over 500 on the season. That's, at, like, that's, that's the type of number you would see in a video game. That's what you would term video game-like numbers. Yeah, and, and this is a year, too, where you have a lot of super seniors in the sport. You have a lot of pitchers in college softball who have been pitching four or five years right now because everyone got that extra year of COVID. There's a lot of holdovers, and so she's not facing a bunch of bums, okay? She's faced Haley Dolcini. Uh, she's faced what Oklahoma State has to offer in the circle, played UCLA in the non-con, played a good Kentucky team in the non-con. She's seeing everyone's best, everyone's best pitches on a game-in, game-out scenario. Most of the time, people are pitching away from her, Parker. 
if there's one hitter in the order you don't want to make a mistake to, it's Jocelyn Allo. It's not like she's being grooved a whole lot of fastballs right down the middle. And still, she has the numbers that she has. It's frankly, um, it's frankly just just flat out incredible what what she's been able to do this year. And I, I felt this way for a couple of weeks now, but this team is playing its best softball of the year. Hope Troutwine is is on a heater. Uh, the way that they hit today, especially in Game Two, the way they hit against Texas, and the way that they hit against uh, Northwestern and UCF and Texas A&M, back to that twenty to nothing game. This team's on a heater, and it's going to take um, some special performances to to knock them off uh, twice in three days. It's not happening. I don't think uh, it is either, man. It's, it, <laughs> they've lost three times all year, and now you think they're going to lose twice in three days? Absolutely not. Regardless of whether it's Oklahoma State or Texas, this Sooner team is inevitable. And they're going to take home another title, which will be back-to-back championships for Patty Gasso and company. <laughs> and if not for COVID, it might be three straight championships. One way or another, you're looking at the most dominant program in college softball. And home field advantage or no home field advantage, they're probably going to be just as good next year. I wonder, uh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, they, they got some young talent coming in. We know how the transfer portal works, right? I mean, you, go, you got Hope Troutwine this year via the portal from North Texas. You got Alyssa Brito via the transfer portal from Oregon. Those, those are two main players for you. I'm going to guess that OU is going to add – a really nice player or two in the transfer portal, right? You know that they're going to have talented freshmen coming in, and a large nucleus uh, from this year's team is coming back as well. So they're the favorite to win the national championship right now. They're going to be the favorite to win the national championship next year as well, and I don't think that you should expect anything less. What do you feel like OU fan is rooting for right now? Playing Oklahoma State in the championship series or playing Texas? It's literally as much of a win-win as you could have drawn it up to be. But I would think that in the sport of softball, Sooner fans are probably pulling more for Oklahoma State to be the team to match up with OU than Texas. I think in just about any other sport, they'd want a Red River showdown for the national championship. But in softball, man, especially with the Women's College World Series being played in Oklahoma City, I think Bedlam's the best-case scenario for everybody involved. I think it's the sweeter outcome of the two. And not that you know beating Texas is never a sweet outcome. Of, of, of course it is. But this time around, you already beat Texas, right? You beat Texas on Saturday. If you're able to avenge that loss in the Big 12 championship game to Oklahoma State in Oklahoma City um, and go out on top beating OSU, then I, I feel like that's the sweeter outcome of the two. You'll take hey. If it's Texas, you'll take it. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like without gauging the audience on the Air Coverage Solutions text line that, yeah, most people would say, let's just, let's just go ahead and uh, let's get that Oklahoma State Championship Series going and see what, see what happens here. They're going to be tough, though, because they're playing some really, really good softball well, right gonna, now as well. You know, it's going to be tough one way or another because both of these teams, Oklahoma State and Texas, these are two of the three teams that have managed to come out on top against Oklahoma at some point this season. So you know they will be eager to knock Oklahoma off the pedestal because in both cases, whether you're in the Oklahoma State camp or the Texas camp, you're going toe-to-toe with a bitter rival and the team that has been the clear elite in college softball for the better part of a decade. Yeah, let me get some text here. OU has twice as, OU has twice as many run rules than any other team in America with 40. 
Uh, when OU won the 2000 softball championship over UCLA, the UCLA coach was wanting the World Series to be moved to the West Coast since that is where the power softball teams were. Well, clearly that has changed now. The Pac-12 is still good. I mean, UCLA was in it. Oregon State was in it. Arizona was in it. But the power is shifting more and more to the Southeast by, by every passing year. Uh, this text says, I want to demoralize OSU. <laughs> and this is actually, we all know what happens the last time they lost to OSU in the Big 12 tournament. They went off the next several games. This year, as soon as this team has lost a game, they've gone on a tear. They lose to Texas, right? And they go on a long winning streak again and start really putting teams away. They lose to Oklahoma State. They go through and rip A&M 20 to nothing. They destroy UCF. They run rule Northwestern. They beat up on Texas. And then they lose to UCLA today, and they respond by winning 15 nothing. It's almost like, Parker, the worst thing you can do is handle this team a loss because they come back and they're the best version of themselves. Look at the Women's College World Series last year. You lose to James Madison, and then you won four consecutive games. Then you get to the championship series, lose to Florida State, then win your next two games. This team, more than any other I've seen, or this program, I should say, they know how to respond after a loss. And what was the stat today? They haven't lost uh, two games in the same day since 2016. It's been two two thousand three hundred and six days since OU's lo- uh, suffered two losses in the same day. It's pretty incredible. And obviously, they don't play doubleheaders all that often, but still, it's an There's impressive. Good, yeah, good, good, good number of times that they do. Uh, Toby Rowland tweeted a photo of a rainbow from Gainesville, so uh, there is some optimism that the Sooners and the Gators might be back to action before long in the finale of the Gainesville Regional. Winner take all for a trip to the Super Regionals. OU trails 2-1. to one. When play resumes, they'll have two outs in their half of the seventh inning. No men on base. They come back and win that game. It'll be, uh, it'll be a really good day around here, man. You'll have a championship series coming up later this week, starting on Wednesday, and then you'll have a Super Regional in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech coming up this weekend as well. So, OU baseball can cap up uh, what's been a really nice day for OU Athletics, for sure. All right, keep the text coming. You guys are killing it. 405-651-3439. Final hour rolls on next. It is The Rush, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas in studio. Parker Thune alongside me as well in the Brano Haver studio. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Uh, Cool news today for three former Sooners. Josh Heupel, Rocky Kalmus, and Dewey Selman have been added to this year's College Football Hall of Fame ballots. All three of those players won a national championship. Dewey Selman was a two-time All-American. Of course, we know the accolades that Josh Heupel and Rocky Kalmus had as well. All three of those seem like surefire Obvious additions to the College Football Hall of Fame to me. You also got Tebow on this ballot. Yeah. You got Reggie Bush on this ballot as well. Oh, those, 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 those two are shoe-ins. Yeah. Yes. I would say I would say Dewey has a strong case. I, I'm kind of borderline on Hypo and Calmus. Why why borderline on Hypo well, and Calmus? Well, just because, you know, if you're talking about the College Football Hall of Fame, yeah, they both won a national championship. Yeah, they both won major awards, but there are a lot of guys over the years that have won major college football awards, a lot of guys that have been a part of a national championship team. So 
I I don't know. I I'm buying it on Dewey Selman. I think Tebow and Bush are shoe wins. I I think Heupel a, gets in. Uh, be, I mean, back or backup runner up for the Heisman Trophy and won a national championship, and that was getting Oklahoma back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of guys that have won a national championship, but a blue blood program. Josh Heupel leading the charge for OU to be back. I think if you really consider that, that matters quite a bit. Plus, I mean, what he's done. Um, as a coach, probably doesn't hurt his chances e- either. You know, being a head coach at UCF and Tennessee and all that. So I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily think all three guys will get in this year, but at some point, I, I will I will say yes. By the way, if you have an opportunity to go to the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, I would highly suggest it because it is awesome. It's not your old traditional Hall of Fame like you'll see at Cooperstown. It's more interactive than that. But um, it's right. It's downtown Atlanta. It's 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 pretty cool, man. It's actually really cool. I I would definitely go back to the College Football Hall of Fame. But best of luck to uh, Josh Heupel, uh, Rocky Kalmus, and Dewey Selman. Uh, other names that are on the ballot: Justin Blackman of Oklahoma State is on the ballot. Now, two-time Bolitnikoff winner, but he's definitely run into his fair of uh, personal struggles after his career at OSU. I wonder if that holds him back in, uh, in this regard. I don't know, man, but he was special while at Oklahoma State. There were very few players in that era that were as dominant as Justin Blackman. Yeah, Alex Smith of Utah is on the list. Luke Keekley of Boston College is on the list as well. And like I said, uh, Tim Tebow is on here too alongside Reggie Bush. So, yeah, I – so – you think Dewey Selman is the obvious of the of the three here. You think he's the first one to get voted in? I would say so. I don't have an issue with that. Okay. The Selman name just pulls in so much weight. Two-time All-American, won the national championship. I think I'm fine with that. But like I said, I think all three of these guys get in at some point. And I'll say it again. If you have an opportunity to go to the College Football Hall of Fame, I hope that happens. But what I really hope happens here, man, is I hope that Josh Heupel gets into the College Football Hall of Fame He'll go in as a Sooner, and I hope that that somehow buries the hatchet or starts the process of burying the hatchet and repairing that relationship between he and the uh, OU football program. I think that that would be really, really cool if that happens because it is awkward right now um, with the way that things ended after the 2014 season. But hopefully this can uh, somehow be the uh, you know the road to mending that relationship and Josh Heupel can come back because he hasn't been back in a long long time so so hopefully that can happen. Uh, Bedlam for sure on the text line. That's the championship series that they want. Uh, Sooners only losses UCLA pokes and horns and they all made the women's college world series. Go figure. Yeah, you, all three of your losses were basically in the final four of the of the tournament, Parker. So that's got to be a feather in your cap a little bit when you're comparing them to the greatest teams of all time. I don't know, man. It's I, the criteria too. I would love to know what the criteria is. That like clearly defined? No, it's it's up for debate, like okay. everything else. Yeah, that figures. I just because like if it, it's really if there's like a formula that you can look at and analyze, generally it's pretty easy to tell. You know, who's in, who's not. But if it's all just arbitrary up to the opinions of people who have the power. I, by the way, I would love to know how you get a vote for the College Football Hall of Fame. I think uh, Archie Griffin is 
the head of that. Oh, so, so you just got to be bros with Archie Griffin. Then. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that can't be. Maybe Urban Myers on the voting process, if that, that's the case. Who knows? Being a former Ohio State guy, but it's a cool deal, man. Um, if OU's ever back in a bowl game in Atlanta, you, you need to go check that out because it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, no. So I I I went there 2019 at the Peach Bowl, and then it got vandalized like six months later oh, during all beautiful. of the riots in the city of Atlanta. So I don't. I, I'm assuming they've restored it at least to some level by now. But yeah, no, it was awesome when I did do the you do walk the tour. you walk in and the first thing you see is this giant wall of helmets. Yeah, every single division one, every single division two, every single division three, every single team that plays NCAA football has their helmets on this giant wall when you walk in. It's it's pretty sweet. Hoping for OU versus OSU. This is from the nine one eight. That would make it NCAA Division one and Division two for the state. Roger State in Claremore won there last week. There you go. Week. There you go. D1, D2 sweep. If you want OSU to win any game, you are not an <laughs> OU fan. <laughs> okay, well, well you can say the rooting, same about Texas. What if you're rooting for OSU to win only so you can beat them in the championship series? Is that acceptable? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could you could also say if you want Texas to win any game, you're not an OU fan. Yeah. you got to be pulling for somebody tonight. About time Rocky Kalmus gets recognition, one of the best that a lot of Sooner fans don't talk about. Uh, well, I, you, you should talk about Rocky Kalmus. If you want to have a category of toughest players ever, Rocky Kalmus is in that group. It seems like he was always playing with one or multiple injuries during his time at OU. And I joke about it a lot with Teddy saying, yeah, Rocky, he played uh, 75% of his career with two broken legs and uh, one fractured arm, which is a little bit of an exaggeration, but the dude was always playing with Pretty significant injuries, but you could never tell because his play was always at a high level. Uh, recruiting question. Someone wants to know what's the status with uh, Bryson Sanders. Hard to say right now. Um, I haven't had the chance to get on the phone with him since the visit concluded yesterday, but we have exchanged texts. And look, what he expressed to me is that things are really, really tight right now and only got tighter this past weekend between Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, which are his three finalists. I expect it to be either Ole Miss or Oklahoma. I think Tennessee is out of the running right now. And look, at the end of the day, they're the hometown school for him, so they're always going to have they're always going to have pull. And I'm not saying it's out of the question that Bryson Sanders loops back around and ends up at Tennessee. But right now, the feeling I get is it's either going to be Ole Miss or Oklahoma, and he's going to decide very soon, within the next couple of weeks. So we will know one way or another where things stand for him very, very expediently here. I like what Oklahoma did this weekend with Bryson Sanders. I think he was already starting to feel OU heading into the weekend more so than he had previously. So, uh, yeah, that will be one to watch over the next few days. Let's give away two tickets to Rocklahoma coming up in September, September 2nd through the 4th in prior Oklahoma. I know a lot of you have uh, been to this event in the past if you like rock music, uh, this is the place to be. So here's what we're going to do. The first person to just text me, Rocklahoma, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I'm going to uh, take your information, and uh, we're going to send you a couple Rocklahoma tickets for early September. If you don't win them today, 
all good. Going to be giving away two pair of Rocklahoma tickets every single day this week. And one lucky winner of this week is going to be upgraded to VIP status. So text me now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Rocklahoma, 405-651-3439. All right, we got a couple more segments on this Monday. More to come next on The Ref. Keep it locked on the Homeless Sooner fans. It is the rush of the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune with you until 6 p.m. tonight. And it's probably going to be a little bit later than that when OU baseball finally gets resumed out in Gainesville, Florida for the winner-take-all regional game. OU down 2-1 to one in the rain delay. Uh, down 2-1, to one, OU's at the plate in the top of the seventh. Two outs and nobody on. But when that game is back, you can hear it 1400 AM or the Ref app. And if you haven't already downloaded the Ref app, come on, what you doing? You can listen to us wherever you're at on the go. Uh, just search KREF in the App Store. It's going down uh, right now at OU with Jerry Schmidt and the football team. Jackson Sumlin tweeted out today, Schmitty in the summer with a couple of crying face emojis. Reed Lindsay said, today's workout made me want to call all of my loved ones and tell them how much I appreciated them. <laughs> Marcus Hicks tweeted, there wasn't enough oxygen in the air. Man, so, I mean, Schmitty eased into things maybe a little bit during the winter, right? Just kind of getting them acclimated to the new lifestyle at OU. And we thought, yeah, the summer is when he's really going to turn it up. And it sounds like he's really started to uh, to turn it up there, which... It's a welcoming sign to all of us for the first time in six years, Parker, or five years, however long the, the timeline's been. You're actually hearing players uh, talk about how tough off-season conditioning is because it's kind of been handled in the past to where Muleshoe didn't want the team to hate off-season workouts, which is strange. Um, I've never really heard of that before at a major college football uh, program. But they're going about things a little bit differently now than, than what they were before. A little bit. Also, in related news, my agenda has picked up a massive endorsement. Our own Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners himself, was asked on Twitter which OU freshman he thought would make the biggest impact this fall, and he said, Javante Barnes. Oh, I thought, okay. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty obvious answer, right? At this point, yeah, it might it might be running back number one by the end of the season. I don't, that's not a terrible bet at all. Who else is in? I mean, Canick is in the running for that. Sure, Jaden Gibson could potentially be in the running, but you feel like Mims and Farouk are one A and one B at wide yeah. receiver. I mean, hey, I'll tell you this, Tyler. I think one guy that we've talked about quite a bit, but it doesn't really seem like anybody else is talking about, is Robert Spears Jennings. Yeah. That may just be due to the existing depth in Oklahoma's defensive backfield, but RSJ that dude is an athlete, player, dude. Man. He can ball. I would not be surprised if he cracks the rotation in some form or fashion. Yeah, I, I think it'll be you know midway, maybe later point in the year. Um, but there, there's a potential for a lot of these newcomers, a lot of these true freshmen, to you know crack into the starting lineup or crack into the lineup or too deep. And you know, Parker, maybe not every single one of them are scholarship players. I mean, you've got a kid coming in who is a three-star uh, right up the road who is a preferred walk-on, but he fast. He can play. He fast indeed. I uh, I would not project that he is you know necessarily a huge factor within the offense this season, but you know 
Hey, he's, maybe maybe get some special teams looks, man. Drake Stoops was fielding punts at Oklahoma before he was doing anything else. So maybe that's the same path Gavin Freeman takes. Uh, one of our listeners asked on the text line, what happened with Blake Purchase in the barbecue? <laughs> well, I don't know because that kid's gone silent on me and I nobody around him has said anything with regard to the barbecue. All I know is he didn't make it. He was the one no-show at the barbecue this weekend. Hmm. So he was supposed to be on campus. Everybody had every reason to believe he was going to be on campus. Everything he'd said about Oklahoma leading into the visit, uh, it gave you the indication that he felt like a priority with the OU staff and he was legitimately excited to make that trip. Then he just didn't show up. Take me inside of the Champion Barbecue. How did it look different, or what even were the similarities this year as to last year and the years previous under Muleshoe? Well, I think a lot less of an emphasis on pomp and flash, right? Uh, The luxury cars, they weren't doing the luxury car photo shoots the way they were doing with Muleshoe. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Brent Venables made time to sit down with every single one of those guys and their families over the course of the visit. Didn't even really leave his office throughout the entirety of the weekend. Just shuttled the guys into his office one by one, got the chance to talk to everybody. So uh, that was something that was very much appreciated on the players' end. And, man, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the experience as a whole resonated with these guys so much more than it ever has before in the past. Yeah, see, and that's a common – I don't know. I feel like it's a misconception a little bit, Parker. It's to have a great recruiting weekend or to be good at recruiting, you've got to have the flashy cars and you got to have the flash and the NIL and the, you know, the photo shoots and all that. And I'm not saying that this staff isn't doing any of that, but they're going about things a totally different way, way more of an old school approach. And it's working just fine. And don't tell me, well, easy. They only have five commitments and they barely have a top 40 class. No, I saw last recruiting cycle that this that this staff can really recruit and really close. So I, I know where they sit right now recruiting-wise. I also have a pretty good idea of where they're going to sit when it actually matters next December. And they're showing that you don't have to go of this new age, this new era of going about things to bring in some really good players and have a good football team. By the end of the month, I think Oklahoma will have a top 20 class. By the end of July, I think they will have a top 10 class. That is my expectation. Well, then you think uh, it's about to get real busy around here. I think it's about to get real busy. A lot of guys taking their officials, obviously, throughout the month of June, and I think a lot of them are going to be just about ready to pull the trigger by the end of the official visit circuit, whenever that falls for them. Text line says, why weren't there lots of photos from Champion Barbecue this year? There were tons last year. Well, okay, uh, two reasons. One, because this new staff doesn't care about photo shoots as much as the old photos, uh, as much as the old staff. Like again, they are relationship driven. They are not social media, you know, appearances driven. So that was never going to be as much of a priority. The photo shoots. I also know OU's creative department has been working overtime as of late, getting all these edits, all these videos put up in the champion barbecue and sending stuff out to these players, not just, as they wrap up their OVs, but as we prepare for the second surge, OU's hosting six more official visitors this coming weekend. So uh, by the end of it, Tyler, we will have had 35 official visitors on campus at Oklahoma in the span of a week and a half. So 
things are things have gotten really really busy really quickly. Yeah, uh, it's it's Monday. The Champion Barbecue has been over for barely 24 hours. Give it some time. There's going to be plenty more coming in terms of content. All right, OU baseball update from Gainesville, Florida. According to Toby, about seven minutes ago, the rain has stopped and the blowers are out, pushing water off the tarp, off the off the tarp. But there's a chance that another cell is headed their way. Oh um, gosh! So they're still just kind of. Hanging out right now. Uh, again, once that game is back on the air, 1400 AM and the Ref app is where you can listen to it. OU down 2-1 to one in the top of the seventh, nobody on, and uh, two outs. Hopefully they get to play it tonight, right? I, I wonder if that's a concern there at this point. <sighs> I, it, well, th- it hasn't rained a lot, so I would guess that they're going to get it in tonight at some point. Yes, and you also got to consider they only have two and a half innings left to play. Yeah. Provided it doesn't go into extras. So it's not as if you have to squeeze in two and a half hours of baseball. There might be an hour left in this game. I I couldn't really tell how many people were at the baseball game today. Um, But if this thing continues to get delayed into the night, Parker, that place is going to be a ghost town by the time they actually resume. I I, I don't know if it will, man. Those Florida fans, they're devoted. Monday night, though, it didn't seem like there was a – was Toby saying that there wasn't as great of a crowd there last night as it was Saturday? Regardless, it, it won't be – I don't think it's going to be a packed uh, screaming house once play resumes uh, t- tonight. But we'll see. And hopefully OU has got some magic left in them. Uh, unfortunately, that that's uh, top of the first inning yesterday. Bases loaded, nobody out, couldn't get any runs across the board. That seemed like the turning point that's of the That's going to haunt them for a while if they don't get it done tonight. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt about that. Hopefully they can overcome that. Need a run, seven outs left. Hopefully they can uh, be Gainesville Regional Champs and head out to Virginia Tech later this weekend and take on the Hokies in a Super Regional. We got one more segment left. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. All right, final segment. Taking you home on a Monday night. Tyler McCombs, Parker Thune. This hour is brought to you by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel. OU softball rolls today, 15-0. I think it was the worst loss or the um, biggest win, whatever whatever you want to say, in Women's College World Series history. So OU gave uh, – or UCLA gave OU the largest loss in finals history three years ago. OU gave UCLA the largest loss in Women's College World Series history today with a – 15-0 loss. A very proud program and a UCLA program that I consider the second best in the sport only behind Oklahoma. OU did that today against that proud UCLA program. Wow. That's and a it was on the heels of a loss, Tyler, which makes it all the more impressive but also all the more understandable. You know, you poke the bear, you're going to get attacked. Yeah, they and got that's, attacked. What, that's what UCLA did today. Didn't take they them long to get the attacked either. Uh, text line says, Toby is coming over the top of you guys with periodic updates. A few minutes ago, he said getting the game in tonight is starting to be a concern. And when I was watching earlier, the crowd was mediocre at best. They said their first couple of games, they had 5,000 there. I'd estimate 1,500 there Oof. earlier. So, hmm. Well, you know, our hope was that a rain delay would turn the tide in OU's favor and change the momentum a little bit, but... I don't think either of us wanted the game to get delayed all the way until tomorrow. That's I don't I don't know how if that's best case scenario or not. The last time I sat through a rain delay, well, I, I guess the Coastal Carolina one in 2016 in the College World Series final between 
Coastal Carolina and Arizona. That was a pretty lengthy one. But uh, I remember it must have been 2013, maybe. There was a rain delay in the midst of a game. I can't remember for the life of me who Cal State Fullerton was playing, but it was Fullerton, and their pitcher was just dominating. He's in the MLB now, plays for the Orioles. Offhand, I don't remember his name. Um, but he's just dominating. Fullerton was rolling. Rain delay happens. The game, the delay lasts for like three or four hours before they finally decide, okay, we're going to pick it back up tomorrow. Picked it back up tomorrow. The Fullerton bullpen blew it and blew it in a big way. And that's just – that's one example of what can happen when you get a rain delay entering the equation. So I do think this favors Oklahoma regardless of when they get back to action. By the way, if Oklahoma does go to Omaha – Tyler, yeah. I will. I'll explain to everybody over the airwaves how you got to do the College World Series. Please do, please do. It's very, very important that you, you do. You it can the right explain way to me while we're both there for the event. How about that? Yeah. Oh, you hadn't been to Omaha since the last year that the College World Series was played at Rosenblatt Stadium. Yep, that's right, in 2010. Which, I, I, again, I, I haven't been to the event, but I'm going to guess the old Rosenblatt is a whole lot better than the new park. What, TD Ameritrade? Is that what it's it is? It's called Charles Schwab Field now. <laughs> oh, they switched it? Yeah. <laughs> From TD Ameritrade to Charles Schwab Rosenblatt park. had a charm, man. It's unfortunate that... Well, I, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Knocking down Rosenblatt was controversial. Oh, I'm sure it was. Highly controversial. Moving the College World Series from Rosenblatt was highly controversial. That said, Charles Schwab Field is a really nice place for the College World Series to be. Is it a bigger park than the old one? It feels like it's huge. Yes, significantly bigger, holds about 30,000. Obviously, the concessions, restrooms, accommodations. In terms of niceness, it blows away Rosenblatt in pretty much every capacity. But... Rosenblatt did have that charm, man. It's like and the it old just... it's like the old Yankee Stadium and the new Yankee exactly. Stadium. New Yankee Stadium has all the amenities. The walkways aren't, you know, just super small, but old Yankee Stadium just had something that the new one doesn't. Exactly. And it never will. Well, and you 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 came to associate the College World Series with Rosenblatt. Sure. Right. Te- I, when I was on the rush with Teddy, he always likes to make reference to the fact that he played in the last sporting event ever held at Rosenblatt which was a UFL championship game, mm-hmm. I believe, back in the day, when he was with what he the Las with the Vegas locomotives, the Las locomotives. Vegas locomotives against the Omaha Night or they the Nighthawks. No, he or? played against. I think the team he played was the Florida Tuskers okay. in that game. But yes, the championship that year was held at Rosenblatt. Hey, it's uh, it's the month of June. It's the summer, but there's some really good uh, some, some some sports watching tonight. Uh, Six p.m. You've got Oklahoma State and Texas. Game one, potentially, of that series. If Texas wins at 6 p.m. tonight, they'll play another game tonight for the right to play Oklahoma in the championship series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to play two games tonight if they have to. But if Oklahoma State wins the first one, it'll be Bedlam in the championship series. Got some college baseball on, too. You're going to get the end of this uh, this OU-Florida game at some point. You also got Oklahoma State and Arkansas in a winner-take-all regional from – uh, O'Brate Stadium up there in Stillwater. That's been a crazy, crazy, crazy regional so far. So good softball, good baseball. Enjoy the evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 p.m. For Parker Thune, I'm Tyler McComas. It's The Rush right here on The Ref.